And y'all don't pray no more. You just type it in to Jesus and you press Sam. Anyway, Jesus, what welcome to Beer Plus Right, where we try to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, with me here today is the Rick Anderson of Unjesus Land, the Northwest. Unjesus, Unjesus Land. <laughs> you do, you like to you like to have call Jesus a Mexican <laughs> when you know he's a white man. I see. Yeah, I've been unjesus. You have been unjesus. <laughs> We're gonna have to read Jesus, yo ass. Oh please, no! I unjesus myself around the age of eighteen, and I've been good ever since. So all righty, I'm gonna skip out on. The so re-Jesus. we're gonna continue to get shit faced, <laughs> and we are beer plus three. Yes, we are. So I, I decided earlier because uh, every morning at about let's see, I get there at seven. At about seven thirty, it plays Bon Jovi's uh, "Living on a Prayer." Oh. And this morning, it finally dawned on me. I started singing it with that accent and changing the names to like Cletus and <laughs> Billy Je- uh, Billy Jean or you know Debbie Jean, and and it works perfectly as a country song. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's I don't know if it's impressive or scary. <laughs> Kind of a little bit of both. It is a little bit of both. Um, speaking of of re-Jesusing, um, <laughs> did you see this article that was floating around? A couple, well, it was about a week ago. About I see the nothing. I rely on you for all of my news. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> no, there's a there's a group Rick in Colorado news. that is a flat Earth group. That um, I guess it's. I saw some murmurings of that. Yeah. Somebody posted it on Friendface, and I go, they, they literally believe that the round Earth is a is like a, a hoax that's being perpetrated on everybody, and that the Earth is actually. <clears throat> and I I love uh, in reaction to that. I'm just going to say this: um, uh, if the Earth was really flat, um, everything would have been knocked off by the cats by this point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Cats would have just knocked everything the what fuck you, off. What I, I would love to ask one of them: What happens when you get knocked off the edge? Like, do you just tumble out into space forever, or do you are you just like a floor there? You just land, you get up, and you can climb back up on the earth, or what do you do? I don't get it. It's interesting. Um, they uh, they so they watched Time Bandits and went, "Shit, that must be real." <laughs> I have no idea. I'm amazed that we're sometimes the the human race has made it this far with uh, some of the oh we're brilliant though belief systems the human race is fucking awesome <laughs> it's fucking brilliant yeah we're great let's pat ourselves on the back no yeah, we should <laughs> Jesus Christ Before, have you seen these giant tubes of metal that fly around the sky there's no that's reason true. they should be up there I except guess, the perfection of whatever engineering feat that is right and they go on they keep doing that for they've been some of them have been doing that for 30 years right and they don't fall out of the sky so you're being that's an optimist awesome. so you're looking at the yeah you're being an optimist and looking at the good i am looking at stuff. the good stuff i'm just amazed that we can have stuff that's that good and then way over here on this side we've got these people who still believe the earth is flat like how do we 
if we're able to get over here, where we're putting stuff up yes. in the sky that flies but around. Remember, the majority is the, the, these guys in between. Yeah, is the majority. I hold my hands about three inches apart compared <laughs> to his two feet apart. It's just a, everybody can fit into a little three-inch area. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's saying? it. That's, that's the majority. So that's, that's your little theory. One of my favorite games right now is called Plague, Inc. What's that? Uh, it's, a, it's a game where you are a plague and you try to destroy the human race. All life on Earth destroyed and killed. And you have to evolve yourself with, in different strains and this, that, and the other, and like different symptoms. And It's not like a... You first... have to balance your infectiousness yeah. with your... Uh, um, uh, what do you call that? The the the, the, the uh, killing, whatever that's called. Yeah. Uh, with uh, you know, in in, in between the symptoms, kind of have to be you know, you kind of have to keep everything balanced. And it's kind of hard. I'm picturing like a first person shooter. Uh, no, no, actually no. <laughs> so it's more of a simulation of what. Yes, what yes, it it's like just if... a picture of the Earth, and then a little red dot will appear. And do you get to? You do start. you evolve as a as? Yeah. Do you... Oh, okay. Yeah, you get uh, like I've DNA seen. points if you want to call them, yeah. and then you spend those points on different things you can evolve into. So you go to like a plague store, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you, buy you evolve. Crates. It's awesome. <laughs> I think the best I've done so far is. <laughs> About no, I I did wipe out the earth once, but the best I did before that was I killed all but like three hundred thousand people, three or four hundred thousand people, right? Out of seven billion people so your, on the your planet, your score is literally based on how many how how much of humanity you wipe, how quickly out. you wipe them out, how efficiently, and uh, you know as long as you wipe them out because they they start to de- try to develop a cure after a while, and uh, you know oh okay okay yeah. Do they at ever at any point like try to try to leave the planet to survive? No one gets to do that. No, oh, okay. no one escapes alive. That's um, you know that would be like I guess that'll be like part two, plague two, plague two, electric <laughs> boogaloo, another planet. <laughs> yeah, plague two. That reminds me of that game that was supposed to have been the what was that game called? The one with the uh, where you were evolving a creature over time, and it I was think like it's called evolve. Is that what it was called? I believe it's called Evolve. I had a different name, but it, that was like 10 years ago or so. It was supposed to be yeah. this game that was going to take the world by storm, and it completely fizzled out. <laughs> it was popular it, for a time. It had its... Yeah, but it wasn't like... Um, the All the reviews were making it sound like it was going to be this, like, just revolutionize everything, like, completely change the face of gaming overnight, but... Um, I remember the videos of that game. It looked really damn cool. I'm kind of surprised it didn't. You know, it wasn't bigger than it than yeah. it ended up being. As you said, yeah. people are dumb, and they believe the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But look at all the scholars that believe the Earth was flat and still did pretty cool shit. I, yeah, I guess so. so. I just, I, I don't know. For me, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, that we're in. You know, it's 2017, and. It's pretty obvious that humanity's capable of some of some great stuff, but it I don't know how do people get that far off the path where they think shit that is just completely well, outlandishly I think uh, I think it's kind of like a cult, yeah, more than anything else, yeah I mean people why would you join a fucking cult? That's a good question. Yeah, we, you and I don't know and well, don't understand, but there's people out there that voted for I mean that uh, <laughs> joined cults. I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, you really don't have to. I purposely did that. I see. Oh, oh, okay. So that was uh, man, my favorite coked up that, fucking dude of 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 Orange Forty Five's team is just quit today. 
He's my favorite. Oh, oh spicy. Sean, we lost Sean. I know. Scary. It's, stupid it's spice. Not as, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be as much fun anymore. I know. What's Jenny McCarthy going to do? <laughs> or Melissa McCarthy. Sorry. Not Jenny McCarthy. She's the one that. Fall she's off, an anti vaxxer. Fall off the edge of the planet, hopefully, and yeah. not figure out how to get back on. Um, I, I just watched, speaking of cults, I watched a movie uh, last night called My Scientology Movie. Have you seen that? I have not seen any of the Scientology movies. I do want to see them. It's a, this, uh, They'll this, simply make me angry. But um, Yeah, there's parts where I was just like, fuck, man. Um, but run, this, the, run! <laughs> run! It's like the worst horror movie ever. Yeah. This guy named uh, Louis Thoreau, uh, he's British, and he came over to the U.S. just to do a... Just a like he was just he was almost kind of naive about it. He was like, "What's the big deal about these guys? Why can't you just go up and like knock on the door and talk to?" He wanted he literally was going approaching it as, "I just want to find out what's going on. What's the deal? What do they believe? You know, what do they think of the way they're perceived and, you know, could somebody could I sit down with the guy who's the head of the place and just chat with him and see what... and he got basically a crash course in in like crazy yeah it was weird <laughs> he couldn't get anywhere near anyone really and they and the weirdest stuff started happening throughout the document i don't want to ruin it but it's just stuff where you look at it and you go how the hell did that happen like an example is early on in the movie he's talking to he he finally manages to get the attention of a guy who left the church of scientology who was higher up in it and so he he got together with him in a, at a at a hotel room and he was just chatting with him or a motel room Specifically, because there was a window. Um, it was uh, the sex started later. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different movie. Uh. Um, but uh, no, I say I specify motel because the door was facing the outside because it's important. Just a second here, but he's talking to him, and all of a sudden, a girl comes up to the window and stands there, and she's staring at them, and she starts knocking on the on the window, and so he goes and opens the door, and he goes, "Can I help you?" And she comes in, and she's in. You, at first, you're thinking she's just some weirdo. She's like some flake that saw them filming and decided to come in and you know do whatever. But stuff like that keeps happening through the movie to the point where you're thinking there's something going on here. Like somebody's watching him and sending people out. It's just it's it, it happens too much. Weird. Like he just happens to be in an airport and he runs into three of the highest, you know, three of the uh, people from uh, the Church of Scientology from way up, and they immediately come over to him and start abusing him, like <laughs> making really nasty comments to him just out of the blue. It's the weirdest thing. And so the whole time, I think the guy he gets a little distraught midway through this documentary because I think he was thinking he was just going to come over and try to be like the the reasonable middleman and sort of see what, you know, what's going on. And he, I don't think he expected to encounter this kind of weirdness. And, um, Weird. anytime he got near their property, he would get encountered by people. People would come up, you know, and he found a public street had been cordoned off at one point and marked as private by the church of Scientology. And he's like, what the hell's going on? Why, how do they get away with marking a public street? You can't, private? you're not supposed to No, but not nobody, I know, but that it, it implies that maybe even the cops in LA are, are a little intimidated by them and won't, won't well, bother. money talks and they yeah. get a lot of money. Yeah. But, uh, so basically, uh, when he comes, when he comes over, he, he, he gets on this kick of, we're going to make a Scientology movie, like a dramatization of the, of the church. 
And he said, and that that becomes his approach after he realizes how how unhelpful they're going to be. That's his method of trying to get their attention so that they'll come to him. And so they start um, interviewing actors to play the guy who who heads the church, and then they they're interviewing other actors and stuff, and it works. They they get really? attention. Yes, <laughs> it's um, it's an interesting movie. I can't say I I I ended the the documentary you know really understanding a lot more about the Church of Scientology, but uh, I do have a better understanding of how defensive and and freakish they are. Yeah. I mean, they're really really defensive about anything. Anybody comes along to try to do anything you know public, make a documentary, make a movie about it. You know, you may as well. Any religious, almost all religious organizations would be the same. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I uh, this seems this is. I mean, the Catholic Church literally has spies. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, and that's not really that crazy if you think about it. I mean, they're extremely powerful international organization. Yeah, they're going to have maybe not spies in the way we would think of like Coldwell World spies, but they have you know they have people that go take care of shit. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are lawyers, you know, but they're all priests. (laughs) I'm just picturing the Pope bringing in like a a pen that also turns into a gun. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That big hat, he's just hiding a bazooka. <laughs> he takes it off and hits a button, and it goes. <laughs> I've always wanted him to like take off a... the hat, and it's just hair all the way up. <laughs> it's Marge Simpson, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That would be awesome. So what do we think of the uh, Belgian wit from Colchon? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I sat there, I drank it. I wasn't thinking about it while I was drinking, but afterward it was, uh, I suddenly, uh, it was uh, how much I liked it. Very good. Very little alcohol. It's only Um, 4.5, 10 IBU. It's it's a really good, there was uh, definitely a Belgian flavor to it. So what is that Belgian wit beer? I mean, is that like a joke name or is it a Belgian wit beer? Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. I believe that's what wit means. Yes, that it was... It doesn't mean uh, funny or witty. That's what, yeah, that's what I kept thinking. <laughs> well, maybe gay. I don't know. <laughs> or festive. Personal, festive. You know. <laughs> festive, yes. But uh, yes, yes, very, very well done. I, I well appreciate that. Especially, I would give that a three. I would give that a three, yeah. Moving on to the Electron India Pale Ale Ooh. from Puyallup River Brewing Company in Puyallup. Puyallup Brewing. Washington. Puyallup River as Brewing. a lot of people like to call it. I have never heard of these guys before. Are they, do you, have you heard of them before? Or are I have new? not. I picked this up because I had not heard of them before. Yeah. I don't know what that, oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a, it's a picture of what I'm assuming is kind of an electron, that thing, but. Yeah. But it, it's a little, I thought the electron thing needed to be straight, but maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe that's a road or a highway or something. I don't know. Speaking of electrons, I watched. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird seg. <laughs> okay. Watch seg away. I also watched uh, Watchmen. <laughs> See what I did? <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched the Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen? Rick know. watches the Watchmen. Why? Uh, why do I watch them? I don't know. Because I decided it was time to watch it. Um, I, I was really shying away from that movie because I, I love Alan Moore and I love mm-hmm. I love the book. that was a great book. Yeah, yeah. I and thought I, they did a really good job. I just didn't want to see them. So I'm not one of those people who's religious about. It. I just didn't want to see them slaughter it or fuck it up in any way. But yeah, they did a fantastic job. I'm a, I was amazed that um, it literally parts of it felt like it was just the comic book coming to life. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and afterward, I kept I was watching it. I've read that. I've read the book like three times, so I've, I've got a lot of it in my head. I kept watching, and I was like, oh, "Did they just copy the exact same angles from the comic book?" Yeah. Yeah, and I went uh, later on. I went and looked it up, and it was like, "Yeah, they storyboarded the movie based on on mm-hmm. the exact angles from." Did the, the same comic thing book. with uh, three hundred. Oh, really? Yeah, hundreds frame by frame the comic book. Yeah, I can, I can see loan that. it to you. It's, it's frame <laughs> fucking by frame. I've seen it, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a movie. So, um, no, I, I enjoyed the Watchmen very much, and and I was yeah. a fan of the book. I mean, it'd been years since I read the book, so I because yeah. every time I bought the book twice, read it twice, and then the book fell apart every time <laughs> because that book always fell fell apart. Yeah, and so I bought it again, fell apart, but I kept it this time. That's weird. I've read mine three times, and I've loaned it to two different people, and it's still. And still I think okay. it was just that run. That yeah. they they must have done. I don't know. It's yeah. just like oh, it kept falling apart because I knew I know other friends that bought it around the same time and all theirs fell apart. <laughs> yeah, well, the the part that um you know the when the when the story turns to telling you the origin of uh, Doctor Manhattan that was the seg by the way the Adam symbol, um the uh, that was amazing. I because that's a that's a, a fantastic part of the book and I th- you know I thought if a movie. Filmmakers typically will cut corners on kind of the more poetic moments of a book or, or you know, a graphic novel. Because they're hard to translate. Well, they're That's... hard to translate, and sometimes they just don't move the story along. It's just like mm-hmm. it's all background info, or it's just something to get you to know the character. And so I, I, you know, I'm not, that's not necessarily a criticism, but I didn't want to see that part chopped up or, you know, done very quickly or, or completely eliminated. But yeah, oh my God, I think they did word for word. Scene for scene, it was like I'm watching. I'm going, holy crap, man! This yeah. is like that's like one of the most beautiful parts of that of that book. And they, I want they, to say, V for Vendetta is this very similar to that. Yeah, they they took a lot of the scenes directly from the book. Yeah, I, I could not get into that movie. I got to watch it again I some other time. Yeah, or I have to read the. Graphic I think novel. me and my wife watch it almost once a year. Really? <laughs> yeah, usually around November. <laughs> So uh, yeah, and we we watch it just about every year. I I, I love that movie. I yeah. love the the the, it, it, the you know the whole movie rings true about any any uh, race of people, much like the United States or or a lot of the Western countries right now that become kind of that. Uh, what do they call that? They just uh, become passive about everything because they have everything. Oh right, yeah, yeah. What yeah. is that called? Um, I, I can't think, remember. I think. Passive is the right word. I think that's kind of uh, indifferent or indifferent. Yeah, yeah or yeah. or there there is a word for it, and I can't remember it right now. But yeah, uh, and they just kind of allow things to happen that they would have never thought could happen. Right, right. You know, I mean, these things do happen, and they happen even in places like this. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's it's such a huge huge shock to everyone that you know actually cops are killing black people. Yeah. They're they're going out of their way to kill black people, and and that was such a huge shock. What last year, year before, and, and like this isn't a shock. All of our any movie eighties movies were that, you know. I mean, yeah, essentially there were old movies. This is like think about it, people. It's not new. It's not different. It's the same. It's just now there's a larger percentage of the population that now realizes it, that sees it, mm-hmm. not just the population that is being victimized. Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, that's um I. I another movie I watched recently was I rewatched Silver Streak and there was a joke in that about Richard Pryor makes a joke in that about mm-hmm. you know how cops are always going to shoot the black guy. Yep. And I was like, "Oh my god, man, this was like 1978, I think is when that movie was made." Yeah, 77 so like, or 78, yeah. So it's like it took the country 
what is that, 30 years, whatever, to to finally get uh, yeah, sort of outraged it, it, by it? it just, yeah, I mean, you've watched some of the black exploitation stuff. They mention it in those movies, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, they mention it in a lot, of, a lot of the 70s stuff, some of the 80s stuff. It's it's a lot of it. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it. It's there. It's always been there. It's just nobody's ever noticed. Well, people, I should say white people, have never noticed it right. because they've been complacent. Compl- in, there you go. There's in the their uh, <laughs> in, in their yeah, that was the word I was trying to think of. Uh, the population has become complacent because of their privilege, their wealth, their their you know just. I mean, granted, I know you and I didn't grow up the wealthiest people, but we still had that privilege that a lot of people in our society yeah. didn't have, especially in the eighties and nineties. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's all. Yeah, and that's that's why I enjoy a movie like V for Vendetta because it's those complacent people finally realizing and standing up for themselves and each other in a way that they should have done previously. Right, right. Because it's always too late. <laughs> Just like in Germany, it was too late to stand up. Yeah. And they killed even more people because of it. Weren't you supposed to be the optimist on this podcast? I am the optimist. <laughs> I just want to go walk off the edge of the earth. <laughs> Good luck with that. I know that's why I want to go for a walk with these people. Just yeah. keep walking straight. Okay, we're gonna walk that direction. We're gonna oh, meet an what? ocean, then we're gonna get in a boat, <laughs> and we're gonna follow our Google Earth all the way across. Yeah, and then we're gonna thing. keep walking, and I bet we come back right to the same place. What do you think that is? <laughs> That's the devil trying to trick us. Yeah, it's an optical <laughs> illusion. I'm sorry it I used like, that. I should not use that voice for <laughs> dumb people, but it's oh, so yeah. easy to do. <laughs> Why do you people make it easy? I keep asking my uh, one of my employees who's from Virginia. Yeah. And every once in a while he starts in there. And I'll do the accent to him just so he'll start doing it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's funny. And uh, and I say, I say well, why, so why are why is everyone racist there? He's like, no, we're not all racist. Oh, <laughs> and I know he's not, but it's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. So I, I've no, I know people who grew up in the South and, and live here in, you know, Washington. And they mm-hmm. say it themselves. They say it's like a whole other world. Oh, yeah. You know, you come here, you know, and they'll say, oh, yeah, you encounter stuff here, too. But it's not anything, you know, on the same scale or, you know, the the kind of accepted. Like, I, I, I always feel like having grown up where I grew up, I, I witnessed a lot of that kind of behind the doors, behind closed doors, you know, the kind of snickering behind hand, behind your hands stuff. That's why it's like when I people like fucking Trump supporters, I don't. You know, they always say, "Oh, we just want we just want him because of uh, you know whatever their rationale is." It's like, yeah, but I I hear yeah. the same I hear the same talk. Put whatever's on Fox News here. Yeah, yeah, that kind of shit. It's like I hear the same coded coded words and you know the little nudge nudge out of them that I heard growing up from from people around me. So it's like mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah, I'm from Skagit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you, sure a lot of them the voted for that. Yeah, yeah, but. You know what are you gonna do? I even did that uh, to an English guy at work. It was we have an English guy, an Englishman that works. Yeah, was, and he walked up to the guy from Virginia, and had one of those silly work conversations and laughed and yeah. and and, and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the guy from Virginia says, "Oh, I was here first. And then I said, "Wait." I think the English came here before you did. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, I just go back to what I was doing. And then they have the conversation about that. And then they finally agree, yeah, okay, the English were here first. And then, and then I say, yes, but it was a people England didn't want anymore. And then I went back to work. <laughs> and then they both went, oh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs>
that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, boy. You have an English guy working at a casino. Oh, speaking of casinos, mm. I brought the whole topic of Twin Peaks up a few episodes back, and I didn't mm-hmm. actually want to talk about it because I know I'm probably the, the only real fan of it on, on the podcast. But um, I would love I to watch to... it, but I don't really – I don't. we're not watching anything right now. So. Yeah. You really got to watch it from the start, especially with the the new series. The new series does not does not play to people who haven't seen it all yet. It's like they're they're basically saying this is for the hardcore fans. It's like you, you well, try David to Lynch watch was it. the one that did it. Unfortunately, yeah. his his wife died kind of during in the middle of all of it. But in the middle of all of what getting Twin Peaks out there and everything. I believe his wife just died, or maybe it's his ex wife by this point. I don't know. Oh, oh. I just know she died like two, three, four months ago, something like that. Oh, I hadn't heard that. She, beginning of the year, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. So yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's not slowing. To, he's not. He's not. He's not trying to play catch up for anybody. It's like you either saw all the other stuff, and so now it you're just kind of. It's almost goes right like back it's almost it. like season three. You know, oh. like it is like it would be almost as if this was the next thing they except had done. seventy-two years later, <laughs> and all the uh, principals are now eighty-five. Yeah, except they they've done some stuff that makes that all completely make sense, and it's like it's like they're yeah. I don't know how they sat down and figured to, figured out to do this. Um, but the one thing I wanted to bring that up was because there was a moment where I thought of you. There's a scene where. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin, Agent Cooper is playing is is in a casino, and he's not quite himself in the scene. Like he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing. All he knows is that a little light flashes over one of the machines from time to time, and he'll go over and play it, and it's a jackpot every time. So then he'll stop and he'll look around. There's another one. He'll go over and do it, and they keep showing the guys upstairs monitoring the floor, and they're like freaking out. They're going, "What the fuck is going on with this guy? He keeps getting jackpots." And he'll just win and then just go wander off to do the next one. You know, it's like he doesn't doesn't he's he not, collect the winnings? Or? No, he's not paying attention. He's just he's kind of like out to lunch, mm. completely out to lunch. And there's a scene where an old lady is about to play a play one of the machines and he and he like points at the machine next to her cuz he can see the little light flashing over it and she's like she looks at it and she interprets it as she he's trying to get to her machine and so she turns it's like this really old lady she turns and she flips him off and i thought way back at the beginning when we first started doing the podcast you told this really hilarious story about old ladies yeah. flipping each other off and fighting yeah yeah and so i had this moment of and it was really funny uh, you said it was like the funniest thing in the world to see an old lady flip someone off and it was hysterically funny <laughs> and i'm thinking there it is a casino with did an old lady did she do like the proper or did she do the whole she finger? did the whole finger just like you described <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> but I just I was sitting there watching that and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> it's like this could not be a more Jeff moment. <laughs> it's in a casino, it's an old lady flipping someone off. Yes. There we go. Jeff Win. wins. <laughs> Jeff for the win. Yeah. That's uh that's awesome. That's, yeah. Well I'm glad I'm glad they, they, they really did it justice. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. They're do, they're they're doing they did way more than a couple episodes back. They just uh I don't even know how to put this into the right terms. Um, they they flipped the whole thing on its ear. I mean, they did something I, that I don't think anybody saw coming. And um, it's almost David like... David Lynch happens to be pretty good at that, though. Yeah, and the guy who who, who uh, is writing this with him was Mark Frost, who's like a... Uh, you know, David Lynch by himself is always a really good, fascinating filmmaker, but he really mm-hmm. does benefit when he's got a really solid storyteller 
you know, to work off his material. Like he I does know, tend to meander. He does when he does his own stuff. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh man, come on, come back, come back. a little bit, come back so to reality. Can, yeah, so we can follow the. It's like, good to have surrealism. But Inland Empire is a great film to watch, but it's like, good luck trying to figure out what the story is. It's like it starts off with a story. Like the first half hour, you're following it. And you're going, okay. There's a few weird things happened so far, but it's like I'm following the story. I don't think I've ever watched that one. It's about a couple of about a uh, movie that's being made and an and an kind of a an aging actress who gets a part in this film, and the guy is uh, talking to them about, oh, it's you know, it's a it's a remake of an older German film, and there and you know, he goes, and I really have to level with you guys. There's a there's a belief that the script is cursed and that some stuff happened last time around when they were making this film that uh, got, you know, and then some stuff starts happening. Laura Dern's character, she plays the the aging actress. She starts losing her ability to tell which is the character and which is her real life. And so there's like a scene where they're like the movie's about a couple having an affair and she and the guy she's starring in the movie with are having an affair and at one point they're talking that's like they're having like a really intense scene about you know what they're doing and whether her husband's going to catch them or not and all of a sudden she stands up and she goes damn this is like this sounds like a, a real life lines from uh from the film and then it becomes really obvious that she's like they're actually filming a scene and she thinks that was real life and it's it gets really weird, and so for for the first half hour, or so you're like, wow, this is really weird. She's like completely losing it, and then it just fucking goes right off the rails, and you're like, okay, I don't know what's happening anymore. She suddenly becomes. Uh, Does it morph into the film as real life? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. And then there's parts of it that look like it's supposed to be the old original German film, like. You know, suddenly there's some German characters in it, and it's like you're like it's, but it's it's gone. It goes completely off, and it's like okay, I, I'm not following this at all anymore. But um, yeah, so it's uh, he he really does benefit. Like Barry Gifford is uh the guy he worked with on um Wild at Heart and Lost Wait, that's Highway. That's a great movie. Yeah, and Lost Highway was also um, mm-hmm. they worked together on that, and um, so yeah, I don't know. It's always nice when he's got somebody who's very grounded and very like not surreal to sort of pull him back a little bit and say, let's let's not go completely off the rails and lose everybody. (laughs) Well, um, speaking of uh, new TV shows and somebody who is grounded and surreal Mm -hmm. um, and a great storyteller, Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods is now the first season is out. I gotta, yeah, I have to watch that. You guys were raving about it so much it's, last time. That... The 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 show was great. Yeah. I really like the show, but uh, is that a that's I'm a novel? Also right? reading the, his novel, okay, because it wasn't enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I'd never read that one. So uh, and it's fantastic. It yeah. certainly captures kind of the heart of America and and uh, the United States, whatever you'd like to call it, and and. You know the the soullessness, but at the same time, our soul comes from everywhere else. Right, you know, so it's 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 pretty fantastic. Huh. Uh, the interludes, he has interludes, and they're all called little chapters called like "Coming to America." And okay, he'll like uh, say "Coming to America" and then give a date. Yeah, and then of course the uh, beginning of one is you know, uh, uh, her uncle sold her into slavery. Yeah, that's like just the beginning. Yeah, and it's you know, seventeen seventy eight, and oh. it starts in Africa. 
with a 12-year-old girl and her twin brother that are sold into slavery by their uncle. Right. And then it's, it follows her and her brother's whole life in the Americas. Wow. Coming here the whole night. And it's, it's fantastic. It brought tear to, tears to my eyes. Yeah. But uh, um, just fantastic. There's uh, another one about a Welsh woman who, uh, uh, I, I think she's Welsh. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, she is uh, Welsh. Um, but uh, she uh, breaks the law, and during the, that time in the early 1800s uh, or late 1700s, they, uh, uh, England would, or even maybe even before that, England would generally uh, um, sentence people to its empire. So they'd send people to the United Oh, the United States. I'm just knocking over beer as I okay. gesture while I'm as on a podcast. As long as none was filled. It's all that matters. Okay. They send, they'll send people to the United States, and that's their sentence. They have to be a, basically a, a, an indentured servant for oh. Oh. X amount of years. Right, and right. if you ever come back, you're automatically hanged. Oh, End of story. Yeah. So basically, these people are sent over as slaves. Yeah, They're just white people who have a contract at some point. And... Um, it's her whole story about experiencing that. And then there's a, another story about people from 150,000 years ago. And then there's, you know, another story, you know, about the uh, Vikings, one of the first Viking voyages that came over. And then right. there's, there's just these little interludes. And every time somebody brings someone with them, their God, their, uh, their, um, oh. the Welsh woman brings uh, a leprechaun or type person with her. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, and of course the uh, the Vikings bring Odin with them, and you know the uh, the this, oh, so the, I uh, had a completely the, I had a completely different concept just based on the title what this was, and and knowing who Neil Gaiman is, that I I figured it was like some sort of supernatural. It is. Oh, it is. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, absolutely. Oh, okay, interesting, huh? Well, we'll have to check that out. I, I I know that's an old book, though, right? I mean, that's been yeah, it's been for around. Uh, he came out with it early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. I remember somebody at, at work trying to talk me into reading it, like way back. And I bought it. Yeah, years ago, I bought it. I just never read it. Just never <laughs> fucking read it because I had other things to read or I was busy doing. Whatever. Well, you're not a true uh, book fan if you're not uh, if you don't have like a good uh, like thirty percent of your books are completely unread things that you bought yeah, absolutely never there's, got around uh, there's to. There's a large section of my library that's unread, <laughs> and then I, of course I have reference books as books as two. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So is that a, is that a, that's is that just one novel and they they're expanding it for done. the thing? Oh, okay. So um, there's no, it's not a series or it's a series. Oh, absolutely. No, the no, first no. The series that. does not wrap anything up. It's only no, no. like the first maybe five chapters of the book. Oh, I see. Okay. Or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And they don't follow the book too religiously. Yeah. Because it's kind of hard. Because a lot of the book will happen, you know, when books because when they translate books to movies, they don't often put all that stuff that happens internally. Right. And they can't. Yeah. And that's what's really hard. It's something that I think the Japanese are really fucking good at that we just can't seem to grasp or we just don't take very seriously yeah. is that internal monologue. You'll notice uh, even even their live action stuff, not just the anime, but the live action stuff will have internal dialogue mm-hmm. within it. I mean, uh, for example, we watched R one hundred. There was a lot of internal dialogue that yeah. happened while other well, things were happening. The amazing. Well, I think part of that is that I, I think I, I suspect thing. a lot of American directors, film directors, are probably scared shitless of boring their audience, like of having any moment in their film that might be too slow or too boring. And I remember when, um, when 
this is a weird example to use, but Revenge of the Sith, when that came out, I remember a lot of Star Wars fans bitching about the moment, you know, like this long drawn out moment in the middle of the movie where they show Anakin in this one location and Padme in the other, and they're just sort of going back and forth between the two of them. They're both looking very quiet. There's no dialogue. They're just both looking moody and thinking about life. And some people were griping about that. I was like, that was like, that was awesome. What are you talking about? It I complained like, about it because I didn't care about them. Okay, well, anyway, but that's as an example. That's just the, the first example that pops into my mind. You could you could imply a lot of internal dialogue just by having quiet moments with the character. Absolutely, you and can. And you can let the audience kind of fill in, like, looking well, at the actor. With something going. like that, yes, you can. Because, yeah. I mean, there's people that are going to go, oh, look at that, they miss each other. And, oh, look at that, they realize they're never going to see each other again. <laughs> oh, look at that, these are two characters I could give a fuck less about. <laughs> I knew that um, was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot. Absolutely, there's a lot. But with uh, any good book there's going to be a lot of internal dialogue yeah yeah you know because that's i have a feeling that you're missing a lot of that in martin's story or our martin story i'm sure there's a lot of internal dialogue that we're completely missing out on mm. but you know you're not going to get it in a tv series like that right, right. but like you said i think a lot of american directors and and movie makers really you know you have to remember the producers and companies are out to make money oh yeah you know yeah. and everyone else is out to make art so yeah. it's always kind of that weird fucked up balance yeah and it depends yeah. on how much of one or the other you get i was like i would i love it though when a when a director has a or a filmmaker just has a, a enough nerve to slow things down like that for at least a little bit you know in in, in a movie and and give you you know, just or a little bit power. of breathing room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, all it takes is power. I mean, James Cameron's actually pretty good at that. He's yeah. not the best filmmaker out there, but he's inventive. His his stories aren't necessarily original, but he always they're always well. The beat is always there. It's yeah, always right, right. Well, right. Yeah. you know, it, it's done really well. I mean, he always makes a good movie. He that he's he's weird. I you know I I his films. I, of course, I like his movies. I'm not going to be like the too cool. The kid who's too cool too to cool say for school. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I always look at his movies though afterward, and it's just like, wow, that was like there was nothing really complex or like there was no moment in the film where you look at it and you go, that was deep. that was just like a master stroke by a film. you know, you can watch a Stanley Kubrick film and see all kinds of moments like that. You'd mm-hmm. be like, Absolutely. wow, that was mind blowing that he did that thing. You know. James Cameron, though, man, he doesn't have a lot of those kind of moments. No, but, but technically, he, they're brilliant films. Yeah, and he resonates with people, obviously. Jesus, Absolutely. I don't know if he's ever Aliens had a film. Aliens will always be one of my favorite yeah, yeah, films like of a, all time. That's a great it movie. Is an amazing goddamn movie. Yeah. And it just just goes from point A to point B and boom, but a boom, but a boom. And he yeah. has those slow moments. He has those small moments. Right, right. And then he goes back to the action and the horror and the you know, the, yeah. the blood and the guts and then comes back. And Did he write that one? Did he write that? Okay, so, yeah. Okay. It's a James Cameron film. Okay, maybe I need to give him a little bit more credit because one of the one you know, one of those moments is that is that scene in that movie where they're the the guys are standing in the room watching their radars and they can see the creatures approaching and then all of a sudden wait they're they're in the room with us how was that they're in the room they're in the fucking I know room. and I didn't I don't know if everybody else watching that movie for the first time saw it coming but I'm I'm like well what what is that why why would they be seeing them in the room I didn't think you know of the idea that they're I know it's like fucking good that was it? a great moment yeah that, that was, was a really brilliant good moment. moment and the moment where uh, what's it Ripley goes down into the little uh, uh, what is it? The un- under under into the little area where the girl's hiding, mm-hmm. 
and finds her in the little her hiding place. That's Mel crawls like, through all the vents and finds her. In yeah, the yeah, that's very claustrophobic. I mean, if you have any sense of claustrophobia, that that part of the it's also movie a callback is. to the original Alien. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen Alien? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very claustrophobic. That is that's a that is definitely an on my rewatch list, and I'm yes. fairly confident I'm going to love it. I mean, I'm you confident are. I'm going to like it up more, better than just about any movie for many yeah. years, seriously. Yeah. And I'm including you know Star Wars type. Shit. I'm, you know, I'm surprised uh, having mentioned Silver Streak. I'm surprised how how well that movie. And I had a couple moments where I was like, <laughs> this is a 1970s movie, but um, oh, the blackface moment. Uh, that was no, but that was actually really funny. I mean, that was done for comedy, but there was like a few yeah. moments in the film, like either the effects or, you know, the character. God, the kind of things that they do in 1970s movies, like fighting scenes and shooting scenes. You know, it's just, it's just like oh, they come don't quite on. stand up to today. No, they're not very realistic about how they're how they're doing how they're doing these things. But um, uh, that movie that movie stood up. I was really impressed, and I and I think it stands up because it didn't it didn't take itself too seriously. Like there's a lot of moments where it's really taking itself dead serious, and then it's undermined by these other. Like where he gets kicked off the train, and then he finds this old woman, and the old woman's going, "Well, I'm going to go in the house. You got, you need to milk the cow for me. I'm gonna." You know, he's like, he has to milk this cow for a while. It's like, okay, this is a murder mystery on a on a high speed train, and there's a guy sitting here milking the cow. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that was a good movie. But yeah, Alien, I expect that movie is going to stand up really well to my mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. that's on my list of films that I'm and slightly afraid to stands watch. Stands up really well too, I think. Yeah, I've seen that more recently. It's it definitely stands up. Except for the, you know, kind of our technology is well beyond even the technology that they're using. <laughs> so it, in that line, but you know what? They kind of keep that going with uh, uh, some of the later films even, with yeah. the, you know, the effects of that. Yeah. Movies, and I see this in every freaking sci-fi movie, every single one of them. You know, every time there's a video display. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're talking on a video display or some sort of communication device. It's always like it looks like it's got maybe a, a you know, it's like all borderline pixelated, and it's got the like the little staticky moments and stuff. It's like you can you've got this amazing technology, but you can't get anything better than like a 1960s TV for because you know over. there's a production guy behind it, but it's long distance. It's really long distance. <laughs> You know, you know, there's a production yeah. guy somewhere doing that. It's like, okay, Eddie, we get it. It's long distance. So Shut the to, fuck up. We'll do to, your, we'll do your stupid video thing. Has okay, to sputter just a little bit. Just because it's your job. You're the video guy that has to go do the third unit directing for this shitty little scene. We got even Star Wars. They've Star Wars. Their universe has apparently mastered the ability to send messages across the entire galaxy in real time as holograms, and it's still sputtering and staticky. It's like, really, you guys could master that part of it, but you can't get a clear signal the whole time. Exactly. Speaking of movies that stand up, what do you think of the? Have you seen the new Blade Runner? Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, what you what, that? I'm getting the same feelings from that that I got from the uh, from the the Force Awakens trailers and stuff, where I was like, yeah. I was like, oh god, they're on the right path with this. They're, they're going to do it right. I hope. Well, I think Ridley Scott is part of it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's gotten back. Um, from what I understand, he's gotten back a lot of the original people who were part of the production, mm-hmm. and um, so that's that's promising. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just sort of curious. What I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of movies where I watch and I feel like they've said everything they need to say about the characters. Yeah. 
And I feel like um, Blade Runner is one of those. Yes, but the world goes. The world is unanswered. Yeah, so I, I just hope that which they, is what I enjoyed about that show, movie. I yeah, mean, yeah. The characters yeah. there was a beginning, middle, and end. They took their journey. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. made it, but the 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 socio political kind of situation was never resolved. Yeah. I would have accepted a Blade Runner without Harrison Ford in it, without his character. That's what. Oh, that's, me too. Yeah, I would have been just fine with that. So I'm hoping when he shows up and the part that he plays is just kind of. Um, Deckard, background-ish, you know. I, I, I'm not going to demand that he it, be. It looks that way from yeah. the current trailers, but yeah. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. So I don't know until I see it. I just, Ooh, I just don't. Alcohol in this one. I just don't want it to. Uh, I don't want it to to mess too much with the original. It's like that. The original is just fine the way it is. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. You can you can give us you know he can give us an update on his life and or whatever. That's what was brilliant about uh, uh, James Cameron's Aliens. It left the original alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It still took, yes, it took uh, Ripley, but it, it explained why she was there. She didn't even need to be there, though. They could have done that whole movie just fine without her character. Absolutely, yeah. but I, I think... Um, it helped. It, I think it, that whole thing was part of her character arc. Wow. Uh, what do we think of this previous one? This uh, Electron India Pale Ale from I'm, Puyallup. I am impressed by Puyallup River Brewing. Um, yes. That was that was really good. That's I would give that a... Solid three for me. Yeah, three. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I almost kind of want to go up to a four, but I'll, I'll stick with three. You really don't have to on my behalf. No, 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 no. It's not because <laughs> you're a fucking dick. Not my fault. By the way, I've taken that uh, book you got me to work, and I just leave it on my desk. Oh, the oh, the how not to be a dick. Yep. <laughs> everyone who's walked by because I've said it so much at work, everyone just laughs. Yeah, that's great. That's so, awesome. <laughs> my boss thought it was the best fucking thing ever, and I said, "You know what I'm doing? I'm getting a, a book for each one of us in this in this department." Well, I was I was in the I was in the bookstore, and I just I glanced down, and it was like a little table there, and there was like a bunch of books piled up, and I looked right at it and said, "How not to be a dick?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like Jeff has to have a copy of that. <laughs> it's like his that is his book." <laughs> Absolutely, every day's don't be a dick day. Just for the cover alone, I didn't even. Well, it's I not my saying. Didn't even actually, open it. it's it's Will Wheaton saying. But, oh yeah, yeah. But I I just repeat it as much as humanly possible, yeah. especially at work. Because yeah. you know what? If somebody's going to do HR's work, it's going to be me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I even yes, even without Ripley, it might have been a good movie. But I thought that added, I thought that added a lot of of. Uh, uh, Depth to the movie. Her, her. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was her daughter that was, you know, born, raised, and died while she was gone, and now she finds kind of a surrogate daughter, and it's the, her very reason for going back into yeah. the depths of hell to get yeah. this girl out. Yeah, right. You know, right. And I really, honestly, wish they would have made. Uh, there was a comic book after the movie made. It was a. Uh, I don't know. If it, I no. It was. It was a several issue, but it was beginning, middle, and end called uh, Alien Earth Wars. Hmm. And it's about that alien, uh, Ripley, um, Newt, and the guy coming back to Earth. Yeah. And it come to find out Ripley had a disease. She ends up dying of that disease uh, fairly quickly uh, because of all the hypersleep and whatever. Um, Doesn't matter. Tchotchke crap. But uh, it's Newt's story about being back on Earth and having experienced this as a child. (laughs) Well, unbeknownst to her, while she's growing up, she's like college age by this point. Yeah. So this is like 10, 15 years later, give or take. 
Right. And uh, it's it's her story of uh, uh, the corporation uh, Waylon Utani actually right. ended up getting parts of aliens and starts making drugs and different things out of them to make money. Oh jeez! And people are taking these drugs and going insane. Oh shit! And it's this whole story about how they've brought these things back to Earth. Wow! And then bad shit happens. Right. So it's it would be in a brilliant. Next step for that whole yeah. alien. Thing. Did you ever watch any of the any of the ones after Alien? I've watched all the Alien movies. I oh, have love I? the Alien movies, except for Alien Covenant. That's the only one I haven't seen. See, I've, I've heard nothing good about any of the films after. Aliens. I liked uh, Aliens Three. It's a well crafted film. Yeah. Is it a necessary film? No. Is it a well crafted film? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. it's not something. All they do is, yeah, it's it, it's worth watching because, like I said, it's well crafted, well acted film. Yeah, and it's worth watching. Hmm. Uh, is it a good film? Is it the best of the film, this franchise? Hell no. I actually liked uh, Alien Resurrection better than it. Yeah, and that's not even as good a crafted film as the other one. So, yeah, I haven't bothered watching any of the other ones because I've I, I have I've, them all. Yeah. Really, <laughs> I, I love that universe. It's one of my. One I of do my go-tos. too, but I've I've heard. Um, I but just then again, I've read heard, all the comic books. And stuff. I haven't heard anything good about that. And then um, I I have seen Prometheus though, which is supposed to be like was supposedly like a prequel to yeah, it, it's but basically I didn't, a precursor yeah. to the whole thing. Um, that's weird though. I I felt like that was all that was kind of almost grafted on. It was like you could have left out all the references to the alien films completely, and it would have been just fine. That way, I absolutely. I, I think so too. I don't. I don't think they needed that weird alien creature at the end. I think it ended perfectly. Oh yeah. I think uh, the you know the big bad guy was the creators. Yeah. The people that created us and the aliens and all that stuff, the god creatures, whatever you wanted to call them, right. titans, because right. they were really fucking big. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, or the pilot, because it's that pilot from the original Alien movie. Yeah. So. Which was the perfect, the only thread oh, you is needed. That, is that what? Okay, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't catch specific. Yeah, that's the only thread you. Re- I, th- I think they really needed. They yeah. didn't need to be gratuitous with the alien thing. Okay, okay. So the crashed, so the ship crashing at the end of Prometheus is the is the ship that they find. That's LV four twenty six. Okay, okay. That's all right. That's where I was not catching it. Okay, so they. All right. It seems to be also a recurring theme is LV426. Is in all of these, it's mentioned in the first one, LV426. Yeah. Second one, oh, we've 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 put a bunch of people on LV426. It's 50 years later. Right. 60 years later, so they put a bunch of people on LV426 to, you know, and then Yeah, that's weird. I I guess I needed to that's the only thread they needed. They didn't need the gratuitous alien creature at the end, which was dumb. <laughs> it, and as much as I love that series and I love the, that that genre, yeah, world, universe, yeah. I guess is what you call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's flaws in it, absolutely. But yeah, well, also, I've be. like I said, read all the comic books. I have Alien Earth Wars, which is a fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah, they're doing a new one right now, which is called Alien Defiance. And Wailing Utani still after the aliens, yeah. and our two main characters are and one of the androids, but a worker droid, not like a pretty, you know, humanoid human human android. Right. He still looks kind of like an android. Huh. It's just he has flesh and everything, and he can repair himself. And he brought himself back from whatever program he he had on him. And then there's one of the Marines, the one of the only ones that survives. Yeah. And they need to make a decision whether to 
call the Colonial Space Marines, which they know are going to come get them, probably kill them, and take the aliens back with them. Yeah. Or rebel from that. <laughs> and it's that whole story. And it's it's actually really fucking good. If you ever get a chance to read it. I think yeah. they have the trade papers right now uh, for at least the first, I think I'm at 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. And it's fucking good. If you ever want to borrow it, it's I, I'm really enjoying it. It's a really good compliment to the whole universe. Yeah. So. Cool. Aren't they, are they, they're making a Prometheus 2, aren't they? Is that is that in the works? I thought that's what Alien Covenant was. Oh, am I completely confusing things now? No fucking clue. <laughs> I have no idea. I have not seen Alien Covenant. Um, well, no, but... I thought this was the one that followed the like the two guys leaving the ship and they decide they're going to go. Yeah, I think there is. I think they're in talks to make that one. But this oh, okay. one did such a shit. This one didn't do very well. Yeah, the Alien uh, Covenant right. didn't do very well. So yeah. they're re they're rethinking. The whole franchise right now, mm. which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it's sad that. Uh, yeah, it's expensive to make movies, but when you when you have thirty two fucking uh, uh, Transformers fucking movies and five more on the way. Oh God! But no one can make a, a decent, you know, space opera or anything like that. I mean, yeah. Valerian is at least getting good reviews, and I can't yeah. wait to see it. I've well, been excited it, about that. that always drives me crazy, too. It's like, I can't get Serenity 2, but we can have, you know, 50 fucking Transformers movies. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I and I always I always seem to have the wrong audience when I make that comment, you know, like, well, Serenity was boring, or there was a niche audience. It's like, I don't fucking care. It was a great fucking movie. And you've got 50 Transformers movies now. Can I at least have one more like, can I have two more hours with that group of people from from Firefly? Just uh, like throw me a little. It would be nice, here. but not gonna happen. I just I thought when Joss Whedon had you know he like he's had like several huge successes now. Several. He had the huge success. Yeah, he's We're talking yeah 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 Marvel was, money success. Right. That's like, that's God. He's, style. That's, he's he's up there with the Panther. Right. He's bossing like the heads of studios around type mm-hmm. success. Oh yeah, and he so pulled that like, back to make something else. I know. Have you seen the trailer for Guillermo del Toro's new movie? Oh yeah, holy shit, man! Oh. Yeah, I know that's exactly <laughs> that. That look on your face was that summarized my feeling. Yeah, exactly. Anything, um, I love his movies so much. Yeah, wish, that guy. Just, just give him all the money, Marvel. <laughs> just give Guillermo all the fucking money and just let him go. Well, he's he's great because there's like certain. There's so few direct like you're you're talking about aliens like it's its own little world you know and it's like there's, it is. there are so few directors who are able to to like sort of I always feel like that's what you're you're you know when you're watching I've seen enough of his films now to where I feel like you're always sinking into this other world you know mm-hmm. it's like there's this alternate universe where it's like I think I've said that before about um about Terry Gilliam I always yeah. feel like you're always in some other alternate world, but um, yeah. Terry Gilliam has more uh, um, um, connections to all of his worlds. Yeah, I mean, you can almost draw a, a connection from Time Bandits Brazil to the theory of the zero theorem all the way through. Oh, yeah. Even the yeah. one that, that that really fucked up one about the heroin addict and the little girl. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, uh, which yeah. was brilliant but horribly fucking depressing. Yeah, um, but you can you can yeah. you can draw a line almost like that is all one universe. Yeah, yeah. And I think Guillermo del Toro is not quite like that. I don't think the Jaegers are in the same universe as Hellboy or in the same universe as right as as uh, but a it lot feels of his other like... films or uh, 
the devil's backbone or 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 uh, yeah. you know, any of the other stuff. Right, right, so right. I I don't think it's all in the same universe per se, but it's just all of these encapsulated. He's just got his own worlds. Yeah, he's just got his own. He's got his own style or something. I don't know what the right word it's is. A style, absolutely. But I mean, he, uh, he please. Yeah, you can see it even in uh, that first film uh, with Ron uh, Ron Perlman in Mexico, Chronos. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I meant to. Yeah, I'm, I, I need to track that. You, down you can it. you can see inklings of that world, mm-hmm. and the the more movies he makes, the bigger it becomes. And now he's he's come to fruition with uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and now he's just everything is within that kind of realm. Yeah, uh, within that mind of his, that's just amazing. I wish I would have known ahead of time. Well, maybe I, I shouldn't say that. I watched Pan's Labyrinth one night at uh, just in the. Like in the bed, like Dan was sleeping, and I just threw it in the computer and sat and watched it. Yeah. And I wish I would have known what I was about to watch because I would have, <laughs> like, it would have been, like, completely different. It would have been on the TV out here, you know. It, it was, um, I didn't it know. The theater. It was very cool. Oh, I would love to see it well, in the theater. theater. I say theater. It was at, um, um, Oh my God! The independent theater in town, uh, Pickford. Pickford, yes, Mary Pickford. Thank oh, you. I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> no, it was good. It was great. Did you see it in the old location, like the little mm-hmm. box? Yeah, <laughs> the little tiny theater with just packed together with them. It was amazing to watch. It was I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, I took Alex to see. Um, I did see it originally in the theater as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to. I'd, I'd love to see it on any big screen. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is, but um, yeah, I took Alex to see um, Spirited Away. At the old Pickford location, yeah. I like that old location. I know that they've updated and they've made these cool new modern theaters, you know. And it's like the, but I, there was something about that little like tiny. I mean, the whole theater was about the size of my kitchen and living room right <laughs> yeah, here. I there swear to God, yeah. there was something kind of cool about that. It was like you could only get about forty people like in a this shoe room. box. Yeah. That you fit one hundred and fifty people in, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And I liked. <laughs> I always liked that the whoever was selling concessions and taking the tickets. Would walk out up at the top, you know, at the front of the audience before the movie, and just you know, tell, say a few things, make a few announcements. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is really weird. This it's is kind awesome. Of cool, I love that. It's, it's, kind of it's cool, my weird. goal in life. If I ever get stupid rich, I'm opening a, 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 a Alamo Drafthouse style uh, movie theater. Hell yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be really cool. It'd be so much fun to show all those movies. Could you imagine? Being able to see Blade Runner on the big screen again, I, I I'm amazed that somebody hasn't tapped into that. Would, oh, in San Francisco, I swear they played it every year. Yeah, at least once in the Castro. Well, they just, have a great old timey movie theater there. All of them, and that's all they played was old movies. Right, right. So, just a theater playing like a lot of older. I mean, just because a movie's not in a current release, doesn't mean it doesn't deserve to be seen on exactly. Big doesn't mean people shouldn't be watching it. Yeah, you know what I and mean. And you could provide amazing value to people. I mean, you could. I'm sure that you could get the rights to to you know to play Blade Runner for oh cheap pennies. Yeah, cheap. I mean just nothing. And so you could pass you know a few few bucks for a ticket. I mean, mm-hmm. people would go crazy. I would go crazy for that. I would. I would love Could that. You picture a beer, a giant bowl of popcorn or <laughs> fries with gravy. I don't give a shit what, and you just go into the movie theater, sit in a, a fucking couch or whatever, easy, lazy boy, you, sit down and watch a fucking movie. You had me at picture of beer. <laughs> I did. I know I did. That's what me and uh, when uh, when Dave lived in uh, Austin, we went to the Alamo Draft House mm-hmm. and watched uh, uh, Clerks Two. We each got a pitcher of beer. 
<laughs> that would be a great film to watch while you're drinking. Yeah. Oh, fucking, it was so funny. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Jade Silent Barber, cloud shoes. But, uh, no, it's, it's a, um, but that, that experience, every time I went to the Alamo Draft House, it was always an awesome experience. Just like when I go, when I go to Mexico, I go to the VIP theater. Now they're a little more, uh, there's a lot more of them. Yeah. But uh, back when I lived there, and even now you can go to some of them that are still a lot, very much the same, yeah. the ticket is comparable to here. Because in Mexico, the tickets don't cost that much to go to the movie. Yeah. And it's always half price on Wednesday. So it's like five bucks to go to a movie on Wednesday. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but uh, huh. the VIP theater was about 10 to, uh, well, 9 to $12 to go see a movie. Right. But you sit in a fucking leather chair lazy boy that flips back and has the little chair right there's a, there's a little little table between everybody's chairs yeah and there's a tiny little lamp on it and then a woman walks through and serves drinks and you know or a man you know a waiter a waitress walks through and serves drinks oh that's and cool. there's a full bar yeah and you can buy <laughs> the vip theater we used to go to in uh, santa fe was uh it was we there was a sushi place a crepe place and uh, like just the regular concession place, and then a full fucking bar you could sit out, have a martini or whatever before the movie. You know, then you carry your martini into the movie, and you're describing all this stuff. And for me, it's a luxury experience if my shoes don't have that like sticky feeling on the floor. Yeah, it's like wow, wow, this is really fancy. No one's <laughs> masturbating. This is super fancy. Well, except me. <laughs> Wait, what's that noise? It's no longer fancy. <laughs> Fuck this place. <laughs> yeah, I think my 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 expectations about movie theaters have have gotten really uh so fucking low. Uh, yes, seriously. Well, sorry, but the Alamo Draft House, all their movie theaters are because <laughs> they're a bunch well, of drunk motherfuckers. I I use that as an example, but I mean if if you had all the other amenities that you're describing, I would certainly be able to look over, you know, overlook that. I I'd, mm. I'd be just fine with it, but um. Yeah, the Alamo Draft House I went to when I first lived there back in the before I even went to uh uh Mexico. Uh, um, that was on Sixth Street, and that was amazing. Yeah, that had the big couches and everything inside, yeah. and it was <laughs> yeah, it was the original cool. one. And yeah. since I think it's been closed since, I don't remember. I'm surprised that's there, but... that feels like such a Bellingham thing. I'm surprised we don't have a theater, or the the Pickford hasn't branched out and done something well, like the Pickford, that. Pickford, I think, does serve beer. They do, but I mean, it's it's more of a traditional. You know, you just go in and you're. It's you one know, of these, though. You know, it's oh a, yeah, it's yeah, a twenty two yeah. that you buy, and then you. You, know, yeah. you have to miss your movie to go get it, but go get another <laughs> one. That's why I always buy two. That's right. Very good. As I tell my, my techs, if there's something wrong with a machine, bring two parts, not one. Because <laughs> you never know that one of them might be bad. Very good. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Always bring two. Uh, so what do you... What This is good. I, I don't this know what your good. Wingman is. Brewers. Uh, I think this is one of yours. Uh, it is Pocket Aces, double India Pale Ale. Yeah. Wingman Brewers, times two IPA from Tacoma, Washington. Wow, I'm impressed. It doesn't even taste like Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> what does Tacoma taste like? I, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm almost um, afraid to ask. Deep fried cheese curds. <laughs> A little bit of uh, bath water, like mystery bath water, yeah. and maybe sad. maybe a mud puddle, yeah. and a little sadness. bit of mud puddle water, <laughs> and oppression. 
I was going to go with sadness, but oppression, that works. That works. <laughs> but uh, there's Denali, Eureka, and hmm. something else I can't say in hops. Those are all the hops. <laughs> Pale malt, flake oats, and Munich malt are mm-hmm. the malts. And then the pairings, it goes with taco. What Tacos go with fucking everything. They, go, yeah. they would stop putting tacos <laughs> on the side of beer. That's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> That's like saying everything goes with water. Yeah, no shit. It's yeah, water. Yeah, yep. But tacos are like water. <laughs> Indian curries, I can see that. But there's other ones that would be better. Uh, yep. Deep fried cheese curds. Ah, see? Told you. <laughs> Salted caramels. Where, oh, you fucking read that earlier. <laughs> no, I didn't, actually. I'm sure my mind recognized <laughs> yeah. it there, but... What a, there, there's a phrase, yeah, that phrase comes up enough to where it could have been coincidence, deep fried cheese curds, yeah, you know. Could, yeah. But this is really, a, at the risk of sounding pretentious, it's very complex. Like, there's a lot Would going it? on. I get um, almost like a fruity kind of taste out of it, and then I get more of a... Um, but I can taste the malt on the back end, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, It's really yummy. Yeah. This is... Um, that's my... That's my uh, 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 highfalutin technical term. Really yummy. <laughs> This is something I would. This is I. I would drink this very slowly because I. I mean, and I have drunk it very slowly. But it's, have we? Uh, have we really? I don't know, man. I've lost track. <laughs> man, I don't even know what year it is. Well, it's anymore. almost five thirty. So. <laughs> oh, so it's still two thousand seventeen. It's only five thirty. <laughs> oh, I didn't say two thousand seventeen. <laughs> yeah, it almost has like a, a quality of like a dark beer. Like Reattack of the Clones it. is coming out soon. Reattack of the Clones. <laughs> I I don't know where that came from, but okay, <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's 2028, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else is aging. We have not. Oh no! It's the beer. Beer is an anti-aging drug. Oh, is it really? I had heard the opposite. It makes me feel young. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is a very good beer. Yeah, and actually, you're drinking much faster than I am, which is, there's something wrong about that. Also, your C in ecliptic is coming out, so it's going to be ecliptic. <sighs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna call ecliptic out on the podcast here for the, the glasses. And your your bottom part's melting. Yeah, their glasses are cheap. Cheap, motherfucker. Sorry, I, I love you your... spent five bucks a glass on this. I too. know, I love your beer, ecliptic, but your glasses don't live up to your standards, to your very high standards that you have worked so hard to set. Your glasses, yeah. your glasses guys. are falling down, man. I've got really old glasses here. That so not print. stealing one from you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm not buying. Wholeheartedly admit I do this shit. Um, if you catch me, don't arrest, don't have me arrested. Just, just hit me with the glass. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Just hit me with it. You want an act of violence? Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Hear that song every day too. You want an act of violence perpetrated against you? Yes, of- yes, I do. <laughs> with beer. You just lob what? cans at my head. Okay. Well, that's I, fine. Uh, yeah. All right. We rather than face the law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. You don't want to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be in the stockades. Tangle. <laughs> Somehow, I think stealing a glass from ecliptic is not going to get you uh, put in jail. But you know, I don't know. Citation, maybe. Maybe. What would they do? What would they? Know. What would happen if they called the cops and the cops showed up? I don't know. The cops would be like, uh, I just stomp my wife's purse and go, "Look at all this broken glass. What is with this place?" <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's broken glass all over the place. <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. I'm by thinking the, way. the cops are not. See, this is why I'm up. optimistic about 
everything. Because you're you're because I very, drink a lot. You're very quick on your feet with uh, when, when it comes to the cops. I I try to be. I try to be almost like your little friends with throwing the the slush slushy in the in the thing there. And, Oh, the booze. The booze, yeah. <laughs> no, that was not me, though. I am not. I'm... I said your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah, you're yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm you're, not. You're Mr. Straight-Laced. Mr. You, I love the, 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 the little blurb you wrote about some dude and trying to make you salute, and you're contrarian. Oh, God, yeah. That was fucking weird. I am... Um... Why didn't you just, like, do do You should have do do doed around I don't him. know. I and just... Went... My attitude. I was off. just. I was just like my whole attitude. Well, I, I guess I, now that we brought this up, I should. I should retell it very quickly. Which is, I, I was leaving work for lunch, and I'm walking down the sidewalk. There's this old guy walking toward me. He's got all these military like patches and emblems and little pins and stuff. You know, very uh, on his jacket, and he's walking toward me. And all of a sudden, he he snaps toward me and just sort of sort of uh, salutes me as I'm as I'm sorry as I'm getting close to him, and and he shouts salute. And I was like, I look at him, I'm like, fuck you, dude. You should have went salute. <laughs> I know. The funniest response was a friend of mine uh, told me I should have done the Benny Hill salute. The kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost wish I'd have thought of that. I, mean, I almost would have considered Or, or the, uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The hologram. <laughs> Schmeghead. He does the kind of the same thing, right, you know, right. but with the little twist at the, the <laughs> beginning, and then bam, hits himself in the head. But uh, yeah, I just give him sort of a, you know, it's not off. Lister. Who the fuck is it now? <laughs> Have they changed? What's they his changed? name? What's his name? What's Lister. the character's name? Anyone? Internet? Who are you talking about? What character? Talking about Red Dwarf. Yeah, Lister. Lister is your main character, right? And Crichton is the robot, right? Cat. Right and oh, the guy with the hologram. The hologram. Um, that is. Didn't I say hologram? I think I said hologram. I'm talking to candles. The only the only thing I can think of is Smeghead because that's Smeghead. That's all they call him. Is Smeghead. Um, Even in his dedication, remember when he supposedly dies? Yeah. <laughs> they have the, like, dedication to him. <laughs> that show's great. I gotta watch that. I fucking love that show. Um, yeah. What is his name? Lister. <laughs> don't remember. Oh shit! I don't remember either. I, he I, literally does. That's probably why we don't. That's, recall, <laughs> that's what he calls him all the time. Um, so that's probably why I don't remember. Um, it'll pop into my head here at some point. Probably five probably. minutes after I just turn off the podcast. Um, but uh, anyway, to finish, to finish the story, X, to finish the story, I, he shouted it at me again as I'm walking by, and then he goes. Bleh! And keeps going, and and I'm I'm walking. I'm like the only know. thing that would have been better is you do the Benny Hill salute and then fart and then you keep walking. <laughs> you would have been fucking brilliant. The only thing I, you know, I was like afterward, I was thinking, okay, is he gonna like come up behind me and stab me in the back or something for refusing to salute? The worst he would have done is show you his dick. <laughs> the guy probably had never been in the military in his life. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. He probably had nothing. To do. And then afterward, I was thinking, you know, that's really weird request because um, I was always under the impression that civilians were not supposed to do the salute, you know, you know, and even even military people who are not in uniform are not supposed to do it. I have no idea. I look. I actually went and looked it up afterward. I was. I was like, <laughs> of you know, you did. well, no, I, I sort of put that in there when I posted it on Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a smeghead. <laughs> when I put it on Facebook, I was, I was kind of wondering in the back of my head. I was like, I thought there were kind of rules about you know when people salute or when they're supposed to. And uh, so I looked it up afterward. Yeah, that's that's true. You're not supposed to. And actually, I guess a lot of uh, military people resent 
when civilians do that, you know, because it's kind of like, a, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is for it, but it's kind of condescending, I guess. It's kind of, I don't know what it is, but I, the point is I'm not a military person. It's made up douchebaggery, but right. made up douchebags. <laughs> so, so even if he was an actual vet demanding that I salute, it's like the, the, technically speaking, the worst thing I could do is actually return the salute to him because I'm, I'm not a military person. I shouldn't be doing it. So, I don't know. I think Either the way. The best thing you could have done yeah. is, is start a whole conversation. How do you do? <laughs> Just be act crazier than he's acting, and he will walk the fuck away. It's, it's, a, it's a basic fact. I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, it's yeah. the best way to test crazy people is yeah. if they, they react... Yeah. They're crazy. They're really fucking crazy. I, I I go completely. I blank out when I'm dealing with crazy people. I really do. I'm <laughs> I just love like, crazy people. So I'm crazy. just like I'm going to show no emotions. I'm going to keep. Who wants to be a fire truck? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Way back in the '90s, a bunch of friends uh, that I got to know when I first got on the internet, I got on this Pink Floyd mailing list and got to know a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. One of the guys on that list was from Australia was coming to visit Seattle, so all the people in the region. Paul all, Lynch. Yeah, uh, no, no, actually, no. But that would have been kind of a cool coincidence. Um, <laughs> he came here, and so we we all wanted to meet him, and so we a whole ton of people from, who were on this Pink Floyd mailing list. We all got together in Seattle, and mm-hmm. we went to an Indian restaurant, and had had dinner, and we're leaving. And there's a guy. We're all walking down the sidewalk, and there's a guy suddenly in front of us who's just like screaming and shouting at the top of his lungs and I just I'll never forget it. I was toward the back of the group and it just we just automatically everybody automatically just parted. <laughs> just kept walking around the whole sidewalk around the guy. It was like uh yeah that's probably the best response for the guy who's no, shouting no, at the top you talk of to his him. lungs. I don't think that's a yeah. good response. No, it's a great response. No. <laughs> like the, I'm sure I've told the story, especially on the podcast by this point, but yeah. in LA I, we were on the Walk of Fame and we went in to get I don't know, cafe for whatever we got, yeah. something to drink because it was a hot. Yeah. Uh, and this, we went and sat outside on the Walk of Fame because they had these little tables out front. Yeah. And this one little tiny dude in a green jogging suit was jogging along, jogging along. And then he just like stopped in front of us and was like fake jogging in front of us. And he was like, hey, I'm a prize fighter. <laughs> And he started acting like it. I said, oh, really? And I, immediately, I start talking to him. This is awesome. Oh, shit. And he's like, I'm going to fight Mike Tyson. I'm like, Mike Tyson's a little bit taller than you. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but it's okay. He's slightly crazier than you, too. Yeah, so that's going to help. It was no, so fucking genius. <laughs> I thought you were People gonna, I were with were just melted. I thought you were going to tell fun. the, uh, I thought you were going to tell the get down on it. Uh, oh, no. Guy. That, that, that guy was way down. He was eight stories down. <laughs> oh, okay. But I heard him eight stories up. <laughs> Just grooving and singing that song, right? And I hear that song almost every day, so it, it makes me happy. They play it at your Get workplace. Down on it. It's cool in the gang. Yeah, Get yeah, down yeah, on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Get down. On it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, We're all '80s all the time. Every once in a while, they'll inject like a '70s song in, but it's mostly '80s all the time. <sighs> which is why I hear Bon Jovi way too often. <sighs> God. Yeah, I know. I hated it when I was in high school, and everyone loved Bon Jovi when I was in high school, except for this guy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I couldn't stand so, it. Which is why I constantly make fun of Bon Jovi, which is why I wanted to do Bon Jovi as a country song. <laughs> well, I think you've hit on something, and I think you need to, uh, I think you need to pursue that. 
I I, I, I agree. It's <laughs> a pursuit. Pursuit. I uh, I I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't talk now. Yeah. Um, I should pursue a uh, a long and illustrious career in copying Bon Jovi as a country singer. Yeah, yeah. Why not? That, that would I think that would go over gangbusters. I think you would be like the next. Your son Taylor. can play guitar for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like the next Taylor Swift. Cletus works a dock on the main. <laughs> not on his luck. And make sure everybody in your song is named Cletus. He listens to Shadi. I don't know. I'm just making shit up because I don't know the words of that song. I only do that first little part where uh, uh, Johnny or Cletus works the dock on the bay, and then Debbie Jean is at home and she works 15 hours, and she's a waitress at Denny's. Danny's. I, I, I don't know the lyrics, so I'm just gonna make shit up. I yeah, that's. A, I Does think that that's sound a right? Good, I, I, like I think that. that sounds right. I like it. I like it. Well, it works mm-hmm. for me. I think it would work as, as a country song. I think all of his w- would work as a country song. Absolutely. <laughs> On a steel horse, he rides. Oh, there He's you go. Well, that almost is a country song. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Similar, which really worked in white America back in 1980. Out of today. Oh my God, that was one of those things. I always thought, I always looked at Bon Jovi as one of those things that it seemed like everybody else my age was into, and I that like, may, I, I can't I can't it, do it. It may attribute to my dislike for Metallica because everyone was really into Metallica and Bon Jovi, and I'm like, this is a this is a contradiction. How are you into both of these <laughs> bands unless they both suck? Yeah, and then I really listened to both and went, yes, you're right, they both suck. <laughs> So that was just my supposition of those two music peoples. Yeah. I had the the movie Risky Business was like a big thing. I love that movie. I fucking hate that movie. (laughs) That movie needs to die. Is it the best of all the (laughs) iconic 80 movies? Hell no. Is it the best of anything? No. (laughs) Weird Science is a much better movie than that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I hated that fucking movie with a passion. I just hated really? it. Really? I didn't like it at all. Not one bit of it. I mean, everybody else in, you know, that was voted in. I, I still have my yearbook out there and I it, you know, it's like it really irritates Best me. movie of the year, dude. Yeah, no, that was that was our that was our class favorite movie. You can sleep like, with a hooker and not pay for it. Oh, must be so awesome. <laughs> Thank you, eighties high school guy. <laughs> I need to get my yearbook out and see what the other favorites were. I'm sure they're all things that I fucking hated too. I'm sure Pretty bon in Pink, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi's probably, probably on there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, Steel Horse is the best song ever. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ugh. But my thirtieth uh, anniversary or my thirtieth anniversary? anniversary? No, 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 no. Thirtieth uh, anniversary of getting the fuck out of that hellhole is coming right. up. That's right. <laughs> that is my only real memory from graduation <laughs> night. I ran into uh, afterward. You know, all the everybody. Ran. Yeah, <laughs> so far away. We all, we all, you know, all the students went out off out of the out of the auditorium after we were done, and I happened to run into. Uh, this girl who was like my best friend in high school, and we just we automatically we were both on the same wavelength. We went up, we high fived each other, and we go. We, both of us were like, "We don't have to see these fuckers ever again. <laughs> this it's done." Have you heard from her since? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still friends with her, and so I just that is my like my one of my best memories of high school altogether. It was just that after after graduation, we're all 
you know, at this huge mass of students leaving the auditorium, we're all sort of out in the streets and stuff. And I just happened to walk into her and we're, I just, I felt like we're psychically on the same, right at the same moment. We just high five each other. It's like, that's it. We don't have to see these fuckers ever again. Well, I I, I don't have an incredible amount of memories of that whole situation. I I remember graduating um, and there was hundreds of people in my fucking graduation class. It was ridiculous how big it was, but um I remember this. There was a senior party that everyone was going to go to. Oh yeah! And either yeah. somebody convinced me, or I convinced myself to go to this thing. Yeah. I think I, I don't. I, I only remember hating every moment of being there, and then leaving. That's really all I remember is is going to this party, <laughs> hating every moment of it, getting stoned, and leaving. <laughs> And then going home and went, mm, that was, I got to leave. That was more than I did. I just went home and you know did whatever I normally Masturbated did. Masturbated and went to bed. <laughs> Twice. As we all do sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I, I um, yeah, there are our 30th uh, reunion, class reunions coming up. And it's, it's like, go I've never, it. I've never go gone, I've never gone to any of them. Why and not? I had, They're fun. I, I even went to my had, 20th. I even had, you know, like there's, there's all the popular kids and the kids who are really good at school and stuff. I was never in with any of those kids, but even one of them I'm friends with on Facebook and she was really nice enough to send me, you know, a private message. And she said, you know, you really ought to come to this. It would yeah. be kind of fun. I know. And I was just like, I, I'm you not going to do it. I'm not going to totally do it. Should've. So I just sent her back a, like, like a nice little, I was like, I appreciate you thinking of me, but I just like, there's no way I can do it. It was funny. I went to my 20th. And I'm sure I've probably told this story before. I'll tell a little bit different uh, a skew on it. But uh, yeah. I remember going, uh, thinking about because uh, while I while my tenth uh, was that called reunion um, went on, I was in Mexico at the time, and um, whether I got invited or not, I have no fucking clue <laughs> if I did or not. <laughs> I just assumed I wasn't because I wasn't one of the kids that All was right. hugely popular. Yeah. Um, I was the exact opposite of that. I was the one that sold them the parsley. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I went to my 20th, um, and it was really weird because I was married at the time. You know, me and my wife went to my 20th reunion down in Skagit County. Yeah. We lived here, of course, and yeah. we went down, and, and I knew there was going to be people there I actually wanted to see. Right. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but, you know, friends from high school, uh, friend, real friends from high school. And uh, I knew all the other people that are still in Skagit Valley, the popular kids, whatever, and they were all there. All of them were there. Mm-hmm. Kids, I say kids. We're all in our 30s at that point. I, I hate to interrupt your story, but... You're a fucking pause. douche. No, just, I'm doing this. No, now you, can, now you can resume your story. Sorry, I wouldn't have done that, but it was getting to be an emergency. So It was, wasn't it? Yes. That's why I'm pouring you less beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Did we, did we... Okay, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yes, we did. I think we reviewed that. I don't know what I gave it. Okay. I probably gave it a three, at least. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid fucking three. Okay. All beers have been a three today. I mean, they've they've all been really good, but there's no real, real standout. Mm-hmm. There's no huge standout. There's not an eclectic right. brewing standout. Right. Um, so we're going we're gonna to move on to Counterbalance uh, Brewing, the... Uh, Kushetka, Kushetka, Imperial Stout. It's been said that oh, it's been said that writing about music is like dancing about architecture. <laughs> this beer is the music. 
This is brewed and bottled by Watertown Brewing Company in Seattle, Washington. Hmm. And I can't wait to try it right after my story. Anyway, yeah, continue your story. I didn't mean to interrupt. (laughs) This interruption brought to you by Colgate. (gasps) Fifteen out of four dentists agree. (laughs) I think our math is off. Fifteen out of four (laughs) mathematicians disagree. (laughs) That's probably true. Um, So, anyway, we're we're there, and uh, of course... Uh, nobody recognizes me because the last time anyone saw me, I had hair, and I did not have facial hair. Yeah, and uh, I weighed about twenty or thirty pounds less. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, give or take, I think I still smoked at the time. Yeah. Um, but this because this is, I think, two thousand eleven. Um, no, yes, yeah, it was two thousand eleven because I graduated in ninety one, two thousand one, two eleven. Um, anyway, uh, I just remember as the night progressed and everyone got drunker and drunker, luckily I'm already a drunk, um, <laughs> the, the, the popular ones or the other, everyone reverted back to exactly how they were then. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing to watch. Yeah. It was the strangest. It's like, um, you and I are only children, yeah. but if you've ever observed people with siblings, and especially sibling, if you've known that person for a long time or know that person really well, yeah. you can tell when they get together with their siblings, everyone reverts back to 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. It's the most incredible thing you've ever seen in your life. And everyone that has a sibling does it. Yeah. They yeah. all do it. Yeah. It's fabulous to right, watch. Right. It angered me a few times. But <laughs> when I go down there, when I go down to Mexico, her and her brothers just... Right Everyone comes the... right back down to 15 years old. It's amazing. <laughs> and I've described it to people and my wife and 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 people with siblings and they're like and, then, and once they think about it, yeah, you're right. We we kind of do that. Why do we do that? Cuz it's what you're familiar. It's a familiar that's familial. Yeah, you I mean, grow up with that. It's a, there's no escaping it. You're, because you're you don't age after that. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. You've well, gone to your maturity. You have so much experience with this person, yeah. and then you leave that person, and then you, when you come back to that person, you basically start out where you left off. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. when it when it comes to siblings, it's generally when they're teenagers. They're still, and so they still kind of have that weird teenage. Yeah. Thing. All the all the old like. Uh, yeah. uh, Remember in 1987, coming. you were just a dick. Remember when you narked on me? Exactly. You tell mom and dad about my Barbie dolls, fucker. <laughs> you were wearing my clothes, asshole. Oh, wait, you're a woman now, aren't you? <laughs> so everybody at your reunion has reverted to... Uh, yeah, they they just all revert back. And yeah. it was it was fabulous to watch. It was amazing to watch. Yeah. And I got, like, uh, the token prize that they made up on the spot. Like, oh, Jeff's really cool now. We should probably give him a prize. Because they, they did all the, like, uh. you're the most this, you're the most that. And they gave me the most changed... Like okay, yeah, I lost my fucking hair. Now I what is off. that? What is that? Yeah, that's, that's not all a, that means. That's a very neutral. I turned to my friends who who were there, and I'm like, dude, let's let's go drink. Yeah. <laughs> let's go really drink. Yeah. I don't want to spend the sixteen dollars on a beer here because we were at some fancy ass fucking place in Skagit right. where they were way overcharging for beer. So we went up. It was right next. To, it was very near the Skagit Casino. So right. we drove up to the Skagit Casino. Luckily, I had a hotel room there. Uh, <laughs> we went to the Skagit Casino, and uh, I knew the bartender. You know, it was like people I knew everywhere. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. And we just had a great time. We we drank with the the four, three or four people. 
that I got along with in high school, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was wonderful. I had a great time because there's always going to be those people you connect with. And I, I go to your 20th or 30th, man. Fuck it. I would go to my 30th. I'm not going to do it. It's this weekend. Because so I, it's I too live late. in Bellingham. I am so superior than them now. <laughs> it's not that. It's just that I don't, I literally have, I don't feel a connection <laughs> to these people at all. I really don't. I just, it's well, but not. That, a, that's my point, though, is that yeah. I don't feel a connection to any of those people. Right. Um, and I didn't feel a connection to even the people that I ran into and made a connection, remade a connection with. Yeah. Until I went there and did that, and I just don't see that, man. I'm I'm not that kind of person though. You're you're way more extroverted than I am, though. That's the thing. You could no, you could walk into a room no, with strangers. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you could walk into a room full of strangers and be everybody's best friend like in 15 minutes. I'm not. Like I that. don't know about that, but I could try. 20. I'll minutes. generally make a really off color joke and then alienate half the room. But <laughs> but that those people you don't want to hang out with anyway. So <laughs> that's, fuck them. That's the test. That is the Jeff. Bechtel test. I don't, I don't think I would. Yeah, I don't think I would do that. Or well. Jeff Bell test. Yeah, I don't know what that. And especially means. if people reverted back to their, you know, it's like I don't want to relive any of that. Oh so. no, you just sit back and watch the magic happen. It's fucking <laughs> genius. It is so good. I don't so know. So much man. fun. I don't know. I just, I always, I just think back to that moment when I high fived uh, Roz. That's her name. And I just said, that's it. We don't have to see these people ever again. we got to go down and see Roz. I'm heading down to uh, uh, Muckleshoot. On, yeah, I've, uh, I haven't seen her in I have a convention at Muckleshoot in the end of next month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll take a couple extra days off. We'll, we'll hang out with Roz do a podcast. <laughs> I want to hear all about Aberdeen. She was the, I've, I've often mentioned that, you know, we had a, uh, a gaming group. A gaming group Aberdeen. in Aberdeen. And she was the female that would game with us. She right was on. the one. So that was uh, she, Have a. Have you told her you still game? And she's like, you're dark. I think she knows she still does. She's, oh, nice. She awesome. actually goes to like uh, events, you know, the, what do they call those? The, mm. Where you dress up and you. They're called conventions. No, no, the. Oh, LARP. That? She's a LARPer. No, no, no. no. Uh, SEA. Oh, that she goes to the stuff. SEA. That's different. That's different. Yeah, I know, but it's sort of an It's kind of a role of playing where you just sleep with everybody and get drunk. <laughs> I, they put a lot of work into that uh, shit, though. I'm, I'm gonna, not trying to downplay those I'm guys. I'm going to stop short of saying she sleeps with everybody there, but let's just say that it's You don't it's know her. Fun. I oh, kind of do, actually, but... <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so... All I know is I was... Uh, the one SEA event I went to, I was offered many wives. <laughs> not little tiny people, but, like... Other right. people's wives, right? Okay. Many is in a numerous amount, not like <laughs> tiny people. <laughs> I was offered a mini wife. She was only five foot. F- no, wait, wait, that's too big. Mini wife would be like two foot eight. Yes, there you yeah, go. that's a mini wife. That's a that's definitely a mini dead wife. wife. <laughs> oh god! Oh no, you got to watch American Gods. Yes, okay. The leprechaun. I, he keeps I calling think you've dead wife. I think you've talked me into it. Oh, it's fucking good. Yeah. Fucking good. So we're getting to I the end here. Yeah. So I'm wrapped. I'm. Uh, there's wrapping happening, and so this it's is not the, freestyle. What do you think of the Counterbalance Brewing Company? Loving it. Kushetka. It might be the double IPA we just had. It. Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking up the percentage now. Eight point five percent alcohol. Yes, and this is Kashetka Imperial Stout from Counterbalance you said Brewing it Company. Wrong. This is six point five percent. So is that wrong? To the Kushetka. Fuck you. Kush, kush, tika. Kush, itka. Okay. Itka. 
I have a feeling this is a native word. I'm assuming it is. You think so? It, maybe it's the word for duck. I don't fucking know, mm, man. Could be. It, it could be a, a Salish word for duck. It, it I mean, this is, little, we live in the Salish territory. It man. tastes a little like duck. This is this is where the Salish lived, and and I remember uh, reading a book called uh, 1492. No, 1493. I think is what it's called. Yeah. And there's a um, there's a uh, to end on a incredibly positive note uh there there was a ship's log that uh they they finally sailed all the way up into the puget sound area yeah. but all they witnessed was empty villages and uh bodies on the beach oh wow thanks jeff that's a nice that's a great note to end on and uh <laughs> what and that was one of the earliest ones because uh, the um well, and smallpox had made it all the way up here. Okay, I was going to ask, was it uh, and the all result? the way through? Was and the I mean, they always talk about uh, the pilgrims coming over, and there was just abundant fish and no one on the land. Well, it's because they were all fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> Your disease killed everyone. All right. They, I mean, there's a lot of estimates out there, and I think the biggest was like a hundred million people died. And the smallest is like 11 million people. Either way, millions and millions, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people died because of smallpox on this, on this, these continents here. Right, right. It was uh, one of the biggest falls for uh, the Incan Empire. In (laughs) fact, they're, uh, uh, they had a, um, uh, much like the Aztecs, they did have written language. Yeah. And uh, one of their stories is about, uh, I think, the emperor's son coming way up north to somewhere in like El Salvador or someplace like that, right. and then dying of a mysterious disease. Oh. Yeah. And then it got worse and worse and worse and spread. Wow. So, think on that, white people. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and a friend of mine, she's, she's an amazing lady, and she's a storyteller and a, a professor at uh, the Indian College, and... Uh, uh, she posted something online today that I firmly believe, and I've believed for a long time, is that like the the ridiculous histories they make us memorize and and repeat in schools are that whitewashed, you know, goody two shoes kind of like no oh, everything's hunky dory because it's just <laughs> and it yeah it's it, that's not true it's not how history works it's not how people work well yeah all. i mean the, you have that old saying that the history is always written by the winners which I, I hate that saying i hate that phrase and that mentality of uh but it's the truth the, well no it's i know it's the truth literally but the winners should be less you know like uh go team go you know, like well, less about uh, we were we were righteous in what we did for you know because God put us on this path you know that yeah. kind of thing. Um, hey pups, you know. So I yeah I don't hey know. puppy. I've always hated that 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 notion that the winners write history. It's like no, you you really don't. You you yes emphasize parts of it do. that you like. <laughs> no, they kind of do. Uh, um, I have actually a book written by Julius Caesar, one of the Caesars, the one that uh, I think it's the original Julius Caesar that uh, took over Gaul. And he writes about the, 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 the Gauls. I almost said Gallians. That would have been way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote about the Gallians, large ships that sail the ocean. No, <laughs> he wrote about the Gauls. And it's the whole book is about the Gauls. It's about his... And, and he's actually... Fairly kind to them, yeah. 
strangely enough. He's not like that kind of white history where it's just, you know, these people are heathens and we're going to teach them the Christian ways. No, yeah, he's like, yeah, well, yeah. They, they seem like pretty cool people. They were really nice to begin with, but they just didn't want to cooperate. <laughs> That's kind of his yeah, whole yeah. gist of the whole thing. It was like, they didn't want to cooperate. Right. Those tricksy Aryans they kept us on the one side of that river for way too long. <laughs> it's a good book if you ever read it. Yeah. Anyway, suggested reading yeah. for this podcast listeners. So what? What are all we gonna, two of you? What are we rating the Counterbalance Brewing Company's Kashitka? This is fucking. This is the Kashitka. Kashitka. What this is? This is the good shit. This is good. <laughs> this I, this I'm, is amazing. I'm, this is a four. This yeah, is I'm, probably one of the best stouts I've had in I'm a long time. Mentally debating four or five for this one because this is really good. This feels mm-hmm. like a Black Black Friday beer. Absolutely, this should, should be mind. one of the Black Friday beers. Yeah, this is super. Should good. have been. Well, we it's, and it's it. good so too. Fucking... It's a dark beer, but it doesn't feel. You know, my only complaint about dark beers is when you get one that's like really. Like sometimes they can kind of bog you down a little bit. It's like it's not real. They're generally very heavy beers. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. But it's just like sometimes it's a little too much. Like you open, you know, you can open a dark beer and it'll be just be just you oppressing. Almost, you almost wish you the had... darkness is oppressing <laughs> when it stares back at you. That, that is it's, the problem. It's almost as dark as a cure video. <laughs> that's how dark it is. I was hoping a Lovecraft novel, but okay. <laughs> okay, but a Cure video. video, that's on the light side. <laughs> no, it's not. The, um, I always think about the video where the, there's a video of a Cure video where they're like painting the walls and windows black while, while the song is proceeding. No idea what that is. Um, they, why don't you know? I love The Cure, but I didn't watch a lot of their videos. <laughs> I hate The Cure. <laughs> I love The Cure. <laughs> Just gonna say it, man. I hate that's okay. It. I hate Metallica, and they painted everything black in one whole album. They called black. That's true. <laughs> I fucking hate Metallica. They didn't like dress themselves all up in black. Well, I really, guess they, they had did. a uniform. I guess they kind of did. <laughs> so are we? I guess we should. We should. You know what? Let's agree the... to both be right. No, no, no. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think we've. I think we've made kind of a breakthrough here. I think Metallica and The Cure should should tour together. That would be fucking brilliant. Yeah. You'd bring in the totally opposite crowds, but they're all old people now, so they wouldn't fight. It would be genius. That would actually be really good. <laughs> that would be so good. That would yeah. be amazing. But, you know, Metallica has too much integrity. <laughs> fucking douche canoes. I'm going to go see them next month. Yeah, I hope Seattle. they skull fuck you. <laughs> was that a little harsh? I felt that was a little harsh. That might have been a little too much. I think you're letting your emotions get the better of you, really. I'm just imagining that as pee. You're peeing. <laughs> He's peed in my dark beer. It's okay, it's dark pee. He's made it even Metallica, better. I think, has a whole <laughs> album about dark pee. Speaking of dark pee, final thoughts. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, got a new phone recently. Um, it's pretty fucking amazing. It has these two cameras on the back. Mm-hmm. One of them's wide angle. One of them's not so wide angle. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That means you could switch from not so wide yeah. angle to wide angle. I, I could get just your face <laughs> and then pull it out and get the microphone and your face. What? So amazing what technology can do these days. That is really a made thing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have really no final thoughts except thank fucking God it's Friday and I don't have to work tomorrow. God, no kidding. Um, hopefully you and everyone else out there is coming to the party next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having a, uh, we will. a little uh, a taco party. 
as we would call it in the United States, or a taqueria. Did party. you just say taco party? We're having a taco party, man. <laughs> okay. I'm it's going to be awesome. We're going to have like cheese. And I'm going to send you a video later. Taco, taco <laughs> I've seen party. The, I've seen seen taco party. party. <laughs> so good. It's so good. What what show is that from? That is um, actually, it's a short video that was a promotional video made by Michael Ian, Ian Black. Black. Yeah, the taco And party. he had published Which a book hilarious. where he had a poem called Taco Party. <laughs> I, I am going to post that in the taco party. Okay, good. All right. And hopefully that will attract more folks coming. It's funny because we're going to actually have uh, some of our, uh, some of Nikita's friends' parents at yeah. this party. Oh, that's cool. Interesting. Which will be a huge test if their kids are ever let back oh, at our house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You could you could lose some. Uh, <laughs> some no, my daughter can lose friends. friends. I could give a shit less. No, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say your child might lose some <laughs> friends. Not like she hasn't already. So. Isn't that like one of the suckiest things having to deal with your child's friends' yes. parents? It made me very, very like her. Her the neighbors hiding from my child, knocking on their door to invite their child, who's the same age, to come yeah. hit the pinata. Yeah, on her birthday. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what that's all about. Oh my god, man! I just, just remember the... uh, recently. Speaking of final thoughts, I'm just going to do this one final thought. And, yeah. and we we recently were invited to uh, a, a friend of Nikita's father was having a birthday party okay and uh the little boy that she's friends with super cool kid yeah one of the brightest little persons she hangs out with mm-hmm. uh and uh <laughs> me and my wife the whole time we're like okay we're gonna buy a couple of bottles of beer and a couple of bottles of you know wine mm-hmm. and and then on the way we're like oh shit maybe they don't drink fuck yeah um, that's what, do we do? That, yeah. what do we do what do we do okay and we, we had to make this, like, super plan. Okay. Once we get there, we're going to take in the food that we brought because it was kind of this potluck thing in Van Zant. Yeah. which, yes, we there's a town near my house called Van Zant. Get over it. Um, <laughs> we, we, we bring in the food, and we immediately, both of us, like, scan the whole room. Okay, there's wine. Okay, just a couple of bottles of wine. Oh, I'm shit. Picturing, okay. I'm picturing so, a Terminator like interface Wine, wine, wine. Merlot, 2004. Picture of Jesus. You know, get out, get out. <laughs> exactly. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. Malfunction. Um, <laughs> voids all pays and plays. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we scan and we see, we, see, uh, um, we see the wine bottles and we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I just yeah. brought a couple of bottles of Gose from Colchin. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, I'll bring a good kind of low ABV bottles beer with me, local. Right. Very cool. Right. Super Bellingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? How I did that? Super Bellingham. Super Bellingham. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Seriously. And, uh, <laughs> and so I go, okay, I'll go back and get the alcohol. So I bring in the alcohol, and then I ask, hey, where can I put the alcohol? And they said, oh, we we're putting wine here. I think they're setting up a keg in the back. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, of course, my second thought is, oh, fuck, it's going to be like Coors Light. He's, they're like, oh. no, we know the brewers for the North Fork. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had oh North Fork God. Brewery all night long. Oh, <laughs> you guys struck gold. Gold mine. 
<laughs> so is this one of the people you're inviting to the? To yes, the... they're coming. Awesome, yes. good, good. They, they will... They're pretty cool folks. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. She, she even Googled me because apparently she's like kind of a paralegal. She like basically does research <laughs> oh for a lawyer. God. So she like looked us up. She couldn't find much about my wife, of course, but me. Yeah, yeah of course. I. You have a podcast, don't you? <laughs> like, oh shit. You haven't listened to it, have you? No, I'm more into the political yeah, podcast. Don't, don't, Thank don't, God. Don't listen to it. It's, it's in Spanish. Don't <laughs> it's listen to it. It's in Slobovian. Um, but, uh, is that a real country? I don't know. Look it up. It's in uh, Belgium. It's in Belgium. <laughs> we express- I wish it was in Belgium. <laughs> I love Belgium. Uh, yeah, in fact, Dan- my, my ex from Belgium, uh, happy birthday. Uh, Deanne and I always sure. feel like we have to be on our best behavior. I hate that. <laughs> I really hate that. There's part of me that's kind of like, well, well why don't yeah, we just, you're let's feel just like go in anyway. But I know, but I always look at those. I always look at the other people and I think, what if they're doing the same thing to us? And we're all like the same. It's like, what if we're all like keeping it up at this level, but we're like actually like down here, <laughs> but we're all pretending to be up here, which is going to happen <laughs> certainly. But uh, luckily, they had like kind of, kind of that old Bellingham hippie type. Friends, oh okay, right. Super cool people. I mean, yeah, just yeah, chill. Yeah. They even had people get up and sing music because he was from El Paso, so they did El Paso by uh, uh, you know, doom 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 doom. Right, yeah, right. El Paso. I can't remember the name of the dude that does it. Right, I'm a dick. <laughs> but then to add uh, insult to injury or awesome to interesting, um, is I ran into a dude that I knew 20 years ago. Wow. He was dating a girl, uh, a girl at the time, maybe, a woman. She, he was dating a woman at the time, twenty more than 20 years ago, because this is in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I was dating a, a woman at the time, and these women were really good friends. Huh. And so I ended up staying friends with his ex-girlfriend for a while, because she would do these benefits every year for... Uh, um, the uh, women's shelter here in Bellingham and a few other uh, things. She would do a benefit every year. And this is when we were in our 20s. Right. So this woman had it the fuck together. <laughs> and uh, um, But uh, um, she she was a super cool lady. She had me take pictures at one of her events that was at the Shakedown, I think, at the time, or whatever the fuck it was called. Maybe it was oh, the, the place down there. Yeah, Shakedown. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called right. now. Um, but, uh, uh, her events were always interesting and she ended up contacting me for one of her events and, uh, um, I, uh, either myself or Dave put her in touch with, uh, some of the drag queens in town. So they had this big, huge event at the waterfront, I think is what it's called. Not the waterfront, uh, um, the breakwater, breakwater in oh, okay, yeah. breakwater. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's there anymore. If it is, I cool. Oh, but we had we, we um we it was the breakwater down by where uh, uh, down on the waterfront, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they, they just had drag queen after drag. Of course, I knew all the drag queens. So did Dave. And me and Dave invited like all of our friends. All of us went, including my friend. I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent into one <laughs> no, of my stories again. This is um, but uh, uh, she she invited uh, we invited all of our friends. Right. My friend Kevin. Who is now per, uh, he has perished and sloughed off this mortal coil? Uh, one of my favorite people in the world uh, was now dead. Um, he was there, and uh, <laughs> I just remember 
myself and all of us sitting at the table and they had the they were doing all kinds of stuff for money. So there was like five dollars to have two people handcuffed. Dave at one point had all of us handcuffed. So he spent like fifty bucks on handcuffs to have us all handcuffed together and berated by the, the drag queens there. That's weird. But... And uh, uh, there was another, and they were just doing dances and stuff. And you'd donate money and and bid on things and buy things and right. yeah, da, da, da. it was it was for a good cause, right. you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was to help the victims of uh, domestic violence. And so, at one point, everyone is fucked up at this point. And I just remember talking to a friend of mine. And then I glance over, and I'm watching Kevin make out with one of the drag queens. Oh, I've heard this. You guys have alluded to this many times. <laughs> and and uh, I, I just immediately turn to my friend. Right. And, and just have that face of, oh, my God, look at this. Look at this. And I just kind of yeah. tap my head towards the direction of where he's at. And he turns and immediately does the same thing, like... We need to tell him. And I'm like, no, we don't. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. we need to tell him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was that, was that old story. <laughs> and But yeah, that was the event, um, this woman's event that uh, we, we did. And now 20 some odd years later, yeah. I meet this man. It was like, I recognize you. He said immediately, I recognize you, don't I? I'm like, yeah, I think we knew each other about 20 years ago. You yeah. dated uh, Elizabeth, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my God, Yeah. And yeah, we started talking. It was very cool. He works down at the. Uh, well, I'll talk. I'll say later. I mean, I don't need to say it over the internet. But yeah, I love that you finally told this story. I've heard this alluded to many, many times. The Kevin made out with a drag queen. queen, and I'll never story. forget calling him the next day. I'm like, I gotta call Kevin. I gotta call Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how was your night? Oh my god, it was so amazing. I met this this woman. I met this girl. She was so hot. And, oh, dude, we made out for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. I saw you. You didn't get much further than that, right? <laughs> oh, no. I went <laughs> all the way. I went all the way. Well, he didn't go all the way. That's what but I But I said, it, yeah. dude, yeah, I bet you, you got a little bit of action. Oh, yeah. It was It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was the most I got in a long time. And I'm. that was a guy. <laughs> what? I said, Aww. you know there was drag queens there, right? Yeah. That was one of the drag queens. I gotta go. <laughs> I love Kevin so much. And then there's the the Kevin story in Mexico because he came down to Mexico to visit me, mm-hmm. and we were in Tuxpan, uh, someplace you've never been, mm-hmm. and you should come. Uh, but uh, it, it <laughs> we went to this bar. We were out on the town, and we went to this bar. And the only reason we went inside because they were singing that Four Non Bond song. What is it? Oh, something uh, going on that 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 I can't remember the whole song, but they were yeah. It sounded like the... a jukebox. Actually, it sounded perfect. Right, right. We right. go in. It's a fucking band. It's a dude singing this song. And I was like, wow, that's wow. awesome. So we sat down, ordered some drinks, and just <clears throat> kicked it there for a while. And then all of a sudden, where the fuck's Kevin? Yeah, where the fuck did Kevin go? Kevin. Kevin, he's like five tables behind us. He's actually like two or three tables behind us. Yeah. With these other two dudes drinking a whole bottle of tequila <laughs> by himself with these two guys. He just went and made friends. <laughs> God bless Kevin. Man is amazing. Yeah. Always will be. Well, I so, think we'll. That's we'll, my final thought. We'll dedicate Salute. this episode to him. How's that sound? Yes. <laughs> good night, Dave, and good night, Kevin. 
guess what? I'm having a taco party and you're fucking invited. It's going to be the best fucking taco party ever. This episode of Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman and Rick Anderson. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. I edited out, by the way, you were like, we were talking about gambling in the current one. And -hmm. there's like a long stretch where you're talking about, well, we and my and we and I, we do this and blah, blah. And then at the end you go, you go, man, I probably shouldn't have said it. (laughs) Maybe we should edit that out. So I did. I actually, you know, what's really hilarious is I love it when I go to have to edit out some big chunk of something. Mm -hmm. And normally i'll have to sit there and listen to what we were just talking about listen to this part and i'll go god does that match up at all does that sound like we flowed right into that and it was really hilarious because you ended right before you started talking about that by saying something it was like you were telling us some story before you went off on this tangent and then you literally right at the end of where you you started saying yeah we should probably edit that out (laughs) i think i can go back and get, get rid of that stuff for you and then you literally picked up, and it was like, and when I slammed it together, it was like it flowed right into it. It was like, that's bizarre, man. That's awesome. It's like you that's took a little per- detour and came right back to the same spot. Well, you know, with, with my ADD brain, that happens sometimes, and I really have to, like, <laughs> kind of, in the back of my head, remember where I left off. Yeah. Because I know in the front of my head, oh, shit, I just went on a tangent, but I kind of want to finish this because it might be funny. Yeah. So then I have to, like, lock this thing in the back of my head, and sometimes... Sometimes that just goes boom, and I completely forget what the fuck I'm talking about. You hear that noise, <laughs> and then and then that's where the back of my head goes. Hey, hey, dumbass! You don't know what you're talking about anymore. And then you'll notice me go, I, whatever. I'm dumb. It was great though. I just I love the fact that I chopped this giant chunk out, and when I put it together, it sounded like it hadn't even happened. <laughs> I even think there was like a you like drew in breath too, and then you kept talking like you drew in breath at the end of that clip, and then immediately continued talking. So it was just like, <laughs> so I ended up with a new phone. Ooh, what happened to the old one? Um, if you remember correctly, one of the last times I saw you, my I had crushed my phone a little bit, so the digitizer was fucked up. And it looked like it was melting on the top. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, it vaguely. was like that for about three or four weeks. Right, right. Well, after about the first week, it, all it did was uh, um, touch the top once in a while. So this thing would just keep doing this once, just once in a while. Well, <laughs> that got worse and worse until you the day just... that I ended up with a new phone is yeah. the day I uh, it uninstalled like two or three apps, changed all the settings quit out of things that I didn't want to quit out of, started things I didn't want to start. Wow. And it was just going nuts. And as, as I set it down on the guy's desk, 
I said, well, my thing's going haywire. I must have the digitizer, which is now affecting the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, oh, okay, yeah. And I, it just did a couple of those. When he, oh, yeah, I see that. And I set it on his desk, and then it just went nuts. <laughs> it went light. It went dark. And then it turned down the volume. Then it turned up the volume. Then it made a noise. And then it oh, turned down the contrast. And then turned it back up a little bit. Then turned it back down. That's weird, though. It's almost like uh, it was conscious of it or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's like, don't look at me. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it, it just went fucking nuts, and this cost way too much, and I shouldn't have bought it, but I did. Um, it's a really nice fucking phone. You know, I've heard people talk about the cost of phones, and you know, they say, "Oh, I can't justify spending you know a bunch of money on a phone," but it's like they replace so much other things, yeah, in your life. And if you're, you know, if you if you have the kind of job where you have to remember a lot of shit. No, this it's is my like, brain. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I feel that way too. Sometimes I'm like, be like in the middle of the day, and all of a sudden, you know, something pops up on my phone. I was like, oh shit, I would have forgotten that. First thing I did was go to IT and go make email happen. <laughs> so, which all they do is put in the pop server and all that. Yeah, it's very easy. That I'm not supposed to know, but I do know, but I'm not going to do it because it's not, <laughs> not allowed to do it. So. Or wait a minute, I'm an IT guy. No, it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. It's very complex and technical. And No, it's actually to... been the same since the 90s. No, whatever. no, no, it's way different now. It's way different now. The FTP that they used back in the 60s. That always amazes me. You put FTP. in a giant card with perforated edges and, and all the yeah. different squares yeah. inside and put that in, and then yeah. it makes it work. I always love the fact, though, that FTP is literally, it was literally, I think it was like invented in 1968. 1969 file like transfer that. protocol yeah and it just kills me when you know we we deal with some new vendor at my job and it's like they're they're oh we're gonna put it out on you guys can grab it by ftp i'm like my god it is never gonna die no i remember doing that in like the 80s yeah 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 it's been you had to put your phone on there and they're like dude i'm gonna send you this text file because yeah. i played D with some people i had only met a couple of times. Yeah. And I, we played over the message boards. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I wish I would have done and that. You, I heard about you could send back and forth your character. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. guy would be like, okay, here's the character sheet and how he wanted it because it was all text file. Yeah. It wasn't like image at all. It was all text. So he would send the formula and the way he wanted it. Right. Like, okay, name, the character, and the, you know, da, da, and then, you know, stats here. And, and it was just a list, is yeah, really all yeah, it was. But it yeah. was a list how he recognized it. He wanted everyone the same. So yeah. he would send me that, and then I would fill it out and then send it back to him. I missed that whole, um, you know, there was a whole period of time when the internet was uh, before the web and before, you know, before AOL and things like mm-hmm. that. It was. It was these those uh, what they call them BBS or mm-hmm. yeah the yeah, bulletin, bulletin boards, boards. that was like the next step and you know and I was like really into computers up until about the like the early eighties is when I eighty four or eighty five is where I finally was like I was like I'm done with this you know I you kinda, did a lot in the, those couple of years there yeah but you stop watching movies you're like I'm done with <laughs> with computers it's so old I've had it with the it's world. so seventies I'm not gonna do I'm gonna go make anymore. a shack out in the woods and live there. <laughs> Draw pictures so. and send bombs to people, but um, oh no, I shouldn't have mentioned that part. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, and then uh, you know when I first, and then when I got back into computers in like the mid nineties, that then the internet was actually starting to take off, like like as a household thing, you know, with AOL and things like that. Yeah. Like back in the eighties. In the late 70s, it was CompuServe. That was like the mm-hmm. I'd always heard of. You know, I heard businesses talking about that, but. Um, 
you know, so I missed that whole the whole era where the BBSs were. Yeah, really BB, that was probably in the late eighties. I'd say somewhere between eighty seven yeah. and eighty nine is yeah. when I was really doing all that. Yeah, and I I know all kinds of people who were like, you know, they talk about that fondly, and I, and I'm like, that's just like a big black hole for me. I have <laughs> no, I've never interacted playing with playing D and D with books. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. My daughter gets on like Skype, you know, with her D and D group, and and they play on their computers late at night. And um, it would annoy the fuck out of me. It would annoy me too. But they they love it. She's you know they're in there laughing and having a great time, and it's just it's like okay, well, no, it's awesome. I mean, well, the the DM lives in Puyallup, uh-huh. and uh, that one of the girls that she plays with lives sort of uh, about five miles out down. Uh, you know, Mount Baker Highway. Mm-hmm. So it's like this big spread out group that they get together and play D and D. It's really cool, you know. I'd, it is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I, I've heard of a lot of groups that do that. Yeah, there is a lot of groups. And I was looking for like kind of a somebody playing like Shadowrun or something that I could watch. Yeah, and it would. There was a group online like that. Yeah, they were all like from different places. That's cool. And they all had their beers. Like, bro, let's go and play. What beer do you have today? So we're not the only alcoholic group there is. <laughs> I don't know if I would like that though. I don't know if I would like the the yeah. I, I, maybe it's just I don't know if it's just me being, you know, old and cranky, or if it's just I'm used to the. I well, like there's the, such a um, what do you call that? A delay. Yeah, the delay when talking in a group like that, unless you have or do using something better than Skype, right? There's always that weird delay. So it feels like you're always talking over one another, right? Right. That's okay. my only. Yeah, that would be my only issue. Uh, for me, it's just the idea of sitting at a group, you know, around, you know, at a table, like at your house. It's perfect. It's like just the group of people around the table, mm-hmm. and you have the immediacy of of you know everybody being there who's playing. So I don't know. I just I don't I don't think I would enjoy it online either. Plus, there's just the the. Practical stuff like how do you know that what people are rolling is really what they're rolling? No, that's a matter of trust, regardless. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Mm. Let's get this ball rolling. Yes. And I didn't write anything, so I don't know why I just turned <laughs> on my phone. Because I'm kind of impressed with my phone, but it's also a giant pain in my ass. I also ended up with a new tablet for my wife. Oh, that's cool. For one dollar, he sold it to me, which I'm sure I'll pay for it later. Oh, I am going to pay for it because it's going to cost me an extra ten dollars a month to have Jesus connected to it. Have uh, what? Jeez. Jeez. Oh, I Jeez. think you said Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is directly connected to the goddamn tablet. <laughs> and y'all don't pray no more. You just type it in to Jesus and you press send. Jesus. 